Your move, creep. Mission Black Freezer. You both Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. It's the only thing I know how to do. It's a good looking boy. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate. That's right, Lord! Welcome to Earth. You crossed the line. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Retrograde, the podcast where we talk about older movies. We talk about how they were made, how they were received, and whether or not they still hold up. I am Austin. And I'm George. And what movie are we going to be talking about today, George? We're going to be talking about 1991's Hook, directed by Steven Spielberg. You said that you got a, you got the year wrong in the previous episode. I did. I said 1994, but it was okay. three years earlier. Okay. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, right before we were recording, this is another movie that we're talking about from 1991. The first one was Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Yes. That was a that was a good one, I think. Great film to, re- to revisit. It really is. And it means a whole lot more now, I think. Um, but this is also... The second Steven Spielberg movie we've done. Yes. Yes, it has. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it's it's really funny that you think about it, that you put it that way, because Steven Spielberg, right? One of the most prolific film American directors of all time. He's thanked more than God at the Oscars. He's I think he's yes. number one, right? <laughs> I think he, he was number one. This man has some of the... Look, whether you hate him or love him, this man has made some big hitters, right? Jurassic mm-hmm. Park... that's always the first one that comes up a a ton of films right jaws and yet we haven't even talked about any of those movies (laughs) no we have not none of the big ones that like everyone (laughs) has seen this we've talked about munich and now hook (laughs) yeah (laughs) munich is also pretty relevant now too huh oh man it whoo you know what it's funny I, I understand what's happening now mm-hmm. because of us talking about Munich. Yeah. And again, you know, I don't understand everything, but I have way more of idea when w- w- with what's happening now. Yeah. But it's funny. I just think I think it's interesting because Munich is a film that people forget Steven Spielberg directed or they just haven't seen it or they don't acknowledge it. And Hook is... A rotten film, apparently, according to Rotten Tomatoes. It is oh, at wow. 29%. It is at 29%. You don't expect Steven Spielberg to make a film that low. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think it's funny. And number two, if anything, it gets me really excited to watch Hook. Because I've never seen this movie. Wow. Never uh, that's seen crazy. Because to me, this is one of those movies that we watched over and over and over again, I think. It was... Uh... Like, I remember watching a bunch of movies on VHS when I was a kid, and there are some movies that we watched a lot. Forrest Gump was one of them. Uh, Rookie of the Year was one of them. Hook and Star Wars, Jurassic Park, all those movies. Mm-hmm. But I remember being very upset at some of the the deaths that happen in Forrest Gump and one of the ones that happens in this movie. Really? Yeah, that just like Is- stuck stuck with me. <laughs> oh, so it's like you're uh, you're RoboCop, right? No, it's Remember? not like that. It's like, man, why did they have to die? Like, couldn't Forrest have like turned around sooner? Like, come on, <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. And every, like, I... I remember like watching the movie over and over again to like 
maybe it'll be different this time. <laughs> I don't know. So you've never seen this movie. I've seen this movie a ton of times. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I did not know Dustin Hoffman was Captain Hook in this movie. I, I just looked it up right now, and I didn't even I didn't know that that was him. From the prosthetics or the makeup or whatever. It looks insane. It's crazy. It's hard to see a pirate that's not Jeffrey Rush. I think he he played the best pirate. In uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Yeah, he's like the definitive pirate for me. As Barbosa. <laughs> yeah. I, I think him and Johnny Barbosa. Depp. Him and Johnny Depp are definitely like uh, neck and neck in terms of what I what I picture a vampire. Or a vampire. <laughs> A pirate. I'm sorry. I still got Resident Evil Village on my mind. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about 1991 in cinema. Just a refresher course, even though we've already done this. The top 10 highest grossing movies of 1991 are, number one, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Number two, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Three is Beauty and the Beast. And number four is Hook. And then you have The Silence of the Lambs, JFK, The Naked Gun Two and a Half, The Addams Family, Cape Fear, and then Hot Shots. So I think that's the golf one, right? Yeah, I believe so. Wait, which one was number one again? Wait, no, Hot Shots is the spoof. It's like the Top Gun spoof. Oh my god, I love this oh, movie. Oh, with, um, with uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm winning. Oh, it's Charlie Sheen. Never mind. The one that I liked is with um, what's his name, uh, Iceman. Top. Oh, Secret. Val Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer. Top Top Secret. That was the mm. one that I liked, but I don't remember Hot Shots. I've never seen it. I can't. It, it sounds like a golf thing. I... It because the game, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where my mind that, went. That's where my mind went too. We're on, we're, our minds are on games. Wow. So we're, we're, we got two films in the top 10 from that year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned it or not, but this is a movie starring Robin Williams as the Peter Pan character. Yeah. Robin mm. Williams, always uh, always an actor that brought it. I don't mm-hmm. remember him being in a film where he half-assed it. Granted, I haven't seen all of his films, but I never got the impression that anyone ever said that he was like cruising through a film or that he was sleepwalking through one. I might be wrong. Yeah, he's always good. And I love when he played dramatic roles. Like in, um, what's it called? The It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Oh, Good Will Hunting? Good Will Hunting, yes. <laughs> I liked him when he was uh, crazy in One Hour Photo. One Hour Photo. Ooh. Yeah, he kind of like, he's kind of a perv. He's like looking through people's because, you know, back then they had like the one hour photo section where you'd take it to Costco or a pharmacy and they'd get their pictures developed. He oh, was the yeah. guy behind the counter. Man, talk that I those don't exist anymore. Or do they? They really I'm don't. Sure. Like now all of our photos are digital and we don't have to get someone to like print them. We can. We can take our uh, digital photos and have them printed at like a CVS still. But. I think some of those are are automated now. There's no person looking through everything. I remember that being around at least 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And now, just like that. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any relationship with the Peter Pan series or the story of Peter Pan? Uh, Because I grew up with Disney animated films Mm -hmm. and TV shows. Like I was very much in that Disney 
hole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of it. Same. I, like, I, we had the Disney sing-alongs on VHS, if you remember those. Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember I did the sing-alongs from the animated films to, like, High School Musical, where they also had, like, where they would show you the choreography of the movie. Mm-hmm. Me and my sister would do that. Like, we were in Disney. And I like Disney a lot. Uh, granted, as an adult, less so. Mm-hmm. But... Peter Pan was that one property that I did not fuck with at all. <laughs> Honestly, Peter Pan's kind of lame in my opinion. I I don't get it. I don't I don't get the appeal. I don't get the movie. I don't get the roller coaster or the ride at Disneyland. I don't get it. I just I don't. What's so cool about Tinkerbell? Like I don't. W- w- Captain Hook. He's a cool. Okay, I guess he's a cool villain. <sighs> I just, I don't get it. I don't, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think part of it is um, a, like, a fantasy that you wish you could stay a kid forever. Because when you get older, you have to deal with all these responsibilities. You got to pay bills. You got to make rent. Got to go to work. But I felt like. Like, how do you, do you, do you get it now? Like, <laughs> I don't want to well, grow I, up. <laughs> well, I feel like part of me feels like I never grew up. Um, Are you Peter Pan, maybe? Oh, I might be. Maybe that's I don't understand the movie that I'm in because I'm in the movie. You're one of the Lost um, Boys. I guess so. I I mean, I think I I understand that message, right? That theme. But I feel like growing up, there were a bunch of other movies that I felt that had that same kind of message that I mm-hmm. kind of felt did it better. But with Peter Pan, I was like, because I, I mean, yeah, as an adult, it's like, okay, yes, we'd like to be kids and you know hang out with our friends and stuff, but. For some reason, I just couldn't attach myself to the story or the world of Peter Pan. It just never did it for me. I think I part of it kind of like it's a little um, like when you think about it, Peter Pan is like going around and basically kidnapping these kids and taking them to Neverland. And I feel like he, he has an issue with kids that, that want to go back home. Right. At least that's what I hear about in like the modern retellings of Peter Pan. Like you're not supposed to go back home. And if you go back home, he'll try to kill you. I don't know if that's oh. in this movie at all, but oh, it's Steven Spielberg. Hell no, <laughs> no, absolutely. There is like a tribalism when it comes to Peter Pan and the Lost Boys because they're like, we we're the Lost Boys. No girls allowed. Tinkerbell can hang out, but she's not allowed in our secret clubhouse. Peter Pan has left Neverland, and I think he he's forgotten about it, and you're not really sure if it really existed or if they have him confused with somebody else oh they in, don't, this, in this movie yeah and i don't think that they're like ready to like accept him back you know what i mean oh here's another thing another problem i have with peter pan i'm confused i don't i don't know number one i don't understand people's obsession with peter pan number two i have no idea where the fuck we are in terms of peter pan chronology and timelines <laughs> it's as it's almost as confusing as terminator the franchise wait what okay yes because okay so terminator 2 ends and then we have terminator 3 rise of the machines which is a sequel to the second one but then terminator salvation is the fourth one all the way in the future but then the fifth one goes back in time but it rewrites history and then you have the sixth it's a reboot one. it's this is almost as confusing as that because you have the animated peter pan right and then you have hook which I don't. I know nothing about, but it's like a Robin Williams as Peter Pan. Okay, so did he leave? I, I'm confused. What happened? Okay, never mind. It's not. Well, don't make a big deal I out of it. And P- then Peter Pan. This 
movie in particular is based off of another Peter Pan book called Peter and Wendy, which isn't written by the author of, I don't think it's written by the author from the first book. So it's kind of like a, like a sequel written by a fan of the first one. Does that make sense? I get you. Okay. No, that makes sense. But then what about the Hugh Jackman film that came out a few years ago called Pan? Is yeah, that it's... a retelling of Peter Pan? Mm-hmm. And then there was the one that came out recently by the guy that did Beast, Beast of Southern, the Beast of Southern. Ah, oh, fuck. Is that Beast of the uh, Southern? Okay. What? I was wrong. This is written by the same person, but it they wrote it uh, six, seven, seven years later. So this is based off a book from the author of the original Peter Pan. They wrote both of he... them. Yeah. Okay. And then there was uh, the the reboot or reimagining of Peter Pan yeah, made by the guy that did Beast of Southern Wilds or something like that. Yeah, there are they're just retellings of the same story or different interpretations of them. I think in the that show on ABC um Once Upon a Time. Yeah, I think in that one Peter Pan Strip is is like a villain. He's like kidnapping people. Oh, didn't they make Captain Hook hot in that? I don't know. I think I remember that. I think when I when I used to go on Tumblr, that was like a thing. <laughs> oh, they, that's they're funny. Talk, they're talking about Captain uh, Captain Hook being hot. Yeah, no, I mean, I I'm it's confused. Just, there's it's, nothing to be confused about. It's just a different a different interpretation of the same story. It, they do it in comic books all the time. There's like different versions of Quicksilver and different versions of Captain America. You know what I mean? I guess, man. I at this point, I'm like, I don't know which one to watch. I think the I think the it's only like Robin one Hood. That, oh, but that's also confusing too. Or it is confusing, and then I also just don't get the appeal. That's the whole thing with like Peter Pan and Robin Hood and all these. I just don't get like why does this need to be remade so much? You know, like like Steven Spielberg making this movie. I don't. I mean, maybe. Because he made it in ninety one. Peter Pan. When did when did the animated film come out? That one came out in like the shoot. Now in eighties. Do you want? Maybe we should take a look at all the Peter Pan movies just to see how many there are. Because there's there's a butt ton of them. All right. Let's see. So Peter Pan was a American silent adventure film released by Paramount in nineteen twenty four. Nineteen fifty three. Oh shit. That's the animated oh. one, right? The cartoon. Whoa, nineteen fifty-three. Yeah. Oh, I thought it came out in the eighties. I was so Jesus wrong. Christ. No, man. Oh shit. And then it came out the nineteen eighty seventeen horror film The Lost Boys is loosely based on the story of Peter Pan and the and the title of the film is directed reference to Peter's gang in the book. <gasps> the Lost Boys directed mm-hmm. by Joe Schumacher featuring Peter Sutherland, aka Jack Bauer from twenty four. Yep. And then 1991. Nah, he's dated to me. <laughs> he's Jack Bauer. Whatever. And then 1991, there's Hook. And then he makes an appearance, I guess, in Shrek. Then in Once Upon a Time. They don't have the version by the Beast of the Southern Wild. Isn't it just called Wendy or Peter and Wendy? Peter and Wendy is the name of the book that Hook was based off of. Um, I'm going to see... Like, when we do the research part of this episode, I'm going to see what the differences are between the two. 
so the film is called Wendy. Okay. Is it based off of Peter and Wendy? Uh, it is. A, it is intended to be a reimagining of J.M. Barry's Peter Pan. Okay. J.M. Barry is the original author. Yeah, man. I just uh, I don't get the appeal of why this story needs to be retold. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't get it. Why did there need to be so many Terminator sequels? We get it. I mean, to me, it just seems like... Why there need to be so many Fast and the Furious movies? Because they're all fantastic and you're just a hater. We need to see (laughs) what cars can do. Cars go vroom. Cars go vroom. But that's all I need. I don't know. I I could be a hater because, again, I am not a fan of Peter Pan. Do you know why? Do you know where it might come from? Where? So, like, I went on a Disney trip a long time ago. Uh, Maybe in high school... It, it must have been in high school. And there were a bunch of people who were like, oh, my God, let's go to Peter Pan. Let's go to Peter Pan to ride. And I'm like, oh, I've never been on it. Is it really cool? And they're like, oh, my God, it's amazing. It's incredible. And I'm like, all right, well, listen, we could be going on this Peter Pan ride or we could ride Space Mountain. <laughs> and like, you know, oh, Space no. Mountain is like two and a half hours of, of wait. Yeah. You know, this one. And it's. And it's like, well, this is two hours for Peter Pan. It was two hours wait. I'm like, all right, man, let's see how this ride is. Oh, no. Lamest fucking ride I've ever been on. How old are you? Oh, I was in high school. I was. um, Yeah, that's way too old to be on that Peter Pan ride. (laughs) Between between 17 and 14. Uh, I might have been junior year. So I was 16. Come on. And and the people I was with, they were like clapping their hands. Oh my god! Look, 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 look. I'm like, really? This is you think guys think this is cool? You chose this <laughs> over Space Mountain? Yeah, that's crazy. And and that was a time when they had the Red Hot Chili Peppers promoting it. The promoting they who? Which ride? Space Mountain. What? So you're, yeah, are, they, you, are you on the ro- the ro- the Space Mountain roller coaster and you hear uh what what was there? Oh what. I, I don't even remember the song, but I remember the guy's voice. <laughs> I, give it, it away, was something give it like away, that. Give it away now. <laughs> well, it's that voice. I don't remember if it was that song. But I do remember that Red Hot Chili Peppers were like doing a thing with Space Mountain. They're like Space Mountain with the Red Hot Chili Pepper oh music God. or something like that. I went I went on it later on. And it was amazing because, you know, like in Space Mountain, when you're like in that like tube surrounded mm-hmm. by all the lights, yeah. it's like you're going into hyperspace. Mm-hmm. It was because it's in regular one. It's all white. Like it's like simulating hyperspace. But when the Red Hot Chili Peppers were doing it, it was red Ooh. and the lights were simu- were being uh, were being like the lights were pulsating with the music. Was it were they playing Red Hot Chili Peppers music? Yeah, yeah. It, that's oh what it was. It God. Was, so that was I was really hyped for that. And I get fucking Peter Pan. Yeah. After that, honestly, that might have ruined the fr- the the IP for me. <laughs> it might have. It, yeah. I, has that happened to you? I'm sure it has. Where yeah. it's like, uh, that's what that's I what that the, person. I watched the first Transformers movie, and I was like, this kind of sucks, and I never watched any more <laughs> of them. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. That was my Transformers moment, where I was like, you know what? Fuck Peter Pan. <laughs> you know, I I don't remember ever watching the original peter pan like all the way through i don't i don't really like the original one i don't think because i remember trying to watch part of it and i'm like this is kind of (laughs) racist especially with the the tiger lily song wait how old were you when you thought that i i well when i was when i 
watched the Peter Pan stuff. I was like a kid and uh, it was like on a Disney sing along. So I just saw like one part of it. But then when I was older, I think where, you know how ABC would like do live versions of musicals and they picked Peter Pan and Christopher Walken was Captain Hook. (gasps) That was a few years back. Yeah, it was a few years back. And they were talking about how are they going to deal with Tiger Lily? And I'm like, what's wrong with Tiger Lily? So I Googled the original Tiger Lily stuff. I Googled the Tiger Lily stuff and how Peter Pan is hanging out with Native Americans. And there's a song where they say, what makes the red man red? Oh, Jesus. And and then he, I, they're, they're, the way that they're drawn and how angry they are and how much like... Oh my god, it was it was pretty bad. Damn. I thought for a second, I thought you were a kid watching Peter Pan and you were like, that's racist. No, I, was like, I didn't even I didn't even know about that song. I didn't know about Tiger Lily until I was until that that musical came out. I remember seeing commercials for that that live presentation of uh of Peter Pan and I thought it looked the lamest. <laughs> That's not a good, like, the live presentation looked lame as fuck, bro. I mean, it wasn't, like, cool, but it was, I don't know, I, I think live television is kind of a, a risky thing, and it kind of makes it exciting. So you're kind of, like, w- watching for it, like, seeing where they're going to fail. You know, I don't know. It's kind of, it's, there's something weird about watching live TV now. I and couldn't the, watch it. It just it looked too embarrassing like it's just yeah, like i remember I mean, just parts of it the cost i mean you know just remember the costumes being ugly and then christopher walken as captain hook like i love walking i do too but that man is not a daniel day lewis <laughs> if you're gonna cast walking in the role you're casting him because you that's who you want to bring on you know what i mean in pulp fiction tarantino knew this in 93 so your father gave me, and I put this up my ass. <laughs> That's you. You know what I mean. You don't hire Christopher Walken to play George Washington, he's, unless you're like really self-aware. He's playing Captain Hook. He's not playing George Washington. But I'm just saying, though. I don't. Wait, wait does Captain Hook remind you of George Washington? No, but like, eh, no. I I don't think so. But I was looking at Dustin Hoffman's face a little bit, it's just to make sure. But I, I mean, I don't know. I just Christopher Walken and Captain Hook. I don't know. And from what I saw in the some of the <laughs> clips on YouTube and stuff, it wasn't a good decision. Yeah, it it wasn't like a a good three hours of television or whatever it was. But I don't know. It was a thing that happened. That's <laughs> true. I I think the sound of the music sound of music one was was okay. I've heard no no. I've heard some of those productions were good. Uh. Did they do one I tell of you one spray? thing. I never watched one after the Peter Pan one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> never watched another one. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, come on. I. It's, uh, didn't they do like hairspray a few years they ago? Did, dude, I love the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm pretty sure they did that one, but I wasn't about to watch it with the Peter Pan one. <laughs> there you go, man. What is people's obsession with this IP? Because then I go back to thinking about the the Pan film mm-hmm. with Hugh Jackman and Where, Rooney Mara. Dude, there's a scene where Hugh Jackman is is having all the kids sing "Smells Like Teen Spirit." It is it's so bizarre. 
That sounds fucking dumb. <laughs> teen Spirit? It smells like Teen Spirit. But it's the Nirvana like a, song, right? Yes, like yes. I'm not okay. It's like a okay. it's so dramatic too. Oh my god. <sighs> what is it with these fucking I don't get I think that there I is don't... you can do something interesting with with like this Peter Pan narrative. I think portraying him as a villain is one one way to do it. Um I I like the the Lost Boys and how it's kind of like a fucked up interpretation of that we're never going to grow older. We're never going to die. Let's do whatever we want to do. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that's a very dangerous mentality. Well, the, the idea of kids wanting the people wanting to always stay kids is dangerous. It's wrong, right? Like we don't want to yeah. grow up. We don't want to. There's a lot of there's a lot you could do with that. But the question is, can you do it well? You know what I mean? Because if, if not, then fucking stop. <laughs> yeah. I stop. But they're never gonna stop because people always go see these peter pan things it looks well, like I think, well maybe I think not they, anymore yeah people are just people are sick of it i people are sick of it, it, it as it seems because wendy the the indie film was a flop you know and it wasn't it wasn't gonna be a big financial success but i mean even comparatively comparing it to the director's previous film beast of the southern wilds it didn't do anywhere near as, as well as that film mm-hmm. uh pan the one with hugh jackman was the teen spirit one that was a flop people just keep and, and fucking in abc they did a live taping of it and that sucked <laughs> can't we just get the picture like we should we should retire peter pan like we should retire <laughs> king arthur and oh we're not just retiring like, king arthur though isn't the green knight based off of arthur in the round table hey that looks is, dope that looks fucking that dope. looks amazing <laughs> hey hey if you want to be inspired by the authorian legend and kind of reinvent it and do something different hey cool Let's just not do King Arthur since uh, Guy Ritchie's interpretation, <laughs> you know, and we don't need another Robin Hood after Jamie Foxx and that hot yeah. British guy. Uh, Taron um, Edgerton. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then and what was the one before that? Uh, Russell Crowe. Come on. Oh, yeah, that was. a. Yep. It's like, come on, guys. Hey, but everyone's nobody. Small, everyone's small. You get like a, a, a men in tights, you know, I got. Yeah. I just, nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit about Peter Pan. Okay, but, but, okay, look, but I know it's not, I'm not a fan of the IP. However, I am a fan of Steven Spielberg and I'm a fan of Robin Williams. So while I may not like this property and I have pretty shitty memories of it, I am (laughs) totally willing to check this out because it is Steven Spielberg. Like, like, honestly, if I'm going in with predictions, I think I'm going to like this film. And I don't think it's worth the film's going to be rated at a 29% for me personally. You know, I know 29% is an aggregate, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't think it's going to be anywhere that low. I'm going to watch it and I'm be like, oh, this is pretty great. Or it might be like, oh, this is fair, but I don't think it's that bad. So yeah. I'm kind of excited to watch this just because I've never given it a chance. It's Steven Spielberg. It's Robin Williams. I mean... Come on, you know what? You look at the poster and you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get this cool, fun, happy adventure story. Okay, that's sentimental because it's right. Spielberg. That's that's what I'm guessing. Okay, um, for me, I'm I I'm not really a big fan of Peter Pan, but I am a fan of this movie, and I think part of it is because of the because this, you know, the the 
Peter Pan story was meant for like English kids, you know, like they're all like English kids that get taken away to this mystical land, you know, but there is one character in this movie, uh, Rufio. Have you heard of him? No. Do you know what? Do you have any context to the name Rufio? I feel like you brought it up a little bit when we were talking, but I don't understand the context of I th- I think Ooh. Rufio is 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 a character that means a lot to like Asian American kids because okay. I I can't think of a character like him before you know who who wasn't like playing up the racial stereotypes he was just like this really badass kid who was like the leader of the Lost Boys since Pan left left them and I don't know for me like I I like Rufio because not a lot of people, because I, you know, I'm part Bolivian and my dad's half black Japanese. So I, I'm like, I have darker skin compared to some other Southeast Asians, I guess, or East mm-hmm. Asians. Uh, so I don't really see a lot of characters that like look like me, but Rufio might've been like one of the first, I think. Um, so that's why I care about Peter Pan. I don't really care about the other stuff. I like Rufio, and that's what I liked when I was a kid. And like, with every Asian American person that I know, like that's just something that everybody knows about. That that character has significance to us. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see why I like if I still like Rufio. <laughs> the only I only remember one line from this movie, and it's one of Rufio's lines. And that that actor, I think he went on to voice. The the bad guy who turns good in Avatar, The Last Airbender, Zuko. Oh, wait. Oh, really? Yeah. Dante Bosco? Yeah, Dante Bosco. That's his name. Oh, oh man. Yeah. And my friend, um, for her birthday, someone bought her a cameo from him. And like, even though it's been years since I've like seen him, I'm like, oh my fucking God, that's Rufio. That's Rufio wishing Christina happy birthday. I was so excited is, for her. So Dante Bosco is playing Rufio. Yes. Damn. Oh, I really want to see. I want to. Okay, now you're getting me hyped even more. Now I have another reason to really look forward to this. Just because Zuko is my favorite character from last year. <laughs> <laughs> All and right, this is going to be good. Joining us for this episode, for the second part, will be our friend Henry, who I'd imagine also has some things to say about Rufio. And I think he picked this movie, if I'm not mistaken. He it seems like he picked the movie. I from from the messages that we had, it was like Henry wants to do Hook. Um I might be I might might be remembering remembering that differently. But I am curious because Hook is not um it was just, I just thought it was interesting because I was like, Hook isn't a Steven Spielberg like staple. Big yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But I, th- I was I like, think he I'm I'm not gonna speak for Henry, but I think it has something to do with Rufio. Why that movie like matters to to people with Asian parents. Alright. I'm I'm really interested. I when he when it was like, Oh, we want to do Hook, the Steven Spielberg one, I was like Maybe Henry feels the same way about Hook, the same way I feel about Munich. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like uh, it's like a film that we think people maybe don't appreciate enough, or we have a special connection, and Rufio might be it. Who knows? Uh, we'll talk to him when we get back on the second part. Where is this movie streaming, Austin? Do you know? 
Where can we watch this? That's a good question, George. This movie is on Netflix. Yep, it is. And you I can't confirm. I've just I've been burned so many times. Where it's like <laughs> it's on Netflix, and it's like oh the DVD plan. It's like Man, fuck you. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so Hook is on Netflix right now, streaming Netflix. And you can so also if, uh, rent it if you're not in the states on Amazon and iTunes and all those other voodoo, vudu. So join us. As we watch and revisit, or as Austin revisits and I meet for the first time. Let's go. children you must make yourself remember remember what peter don't you know who you are welcome back we are we have just finished watching hook from 1991 directed by steven spielberg and we have some thoughts but first before we get to that we need to introduce our very special guest our friend henry pham Hi, everybody. Glad to be on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Henry. Uh, what do you do? Let's see. Right now... How do we know you? Uh, I, I know you guys from uh, our UCI days, actually. Um, yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, I'm an a- aspiring writer, uh, you know, trying to, like, get into TV, you know, writing uh, episodes here and there, spec scripts and such. Uh, really want to get into the comedy writing. Um, in fact... Uh, the real job I have right now is admittedly like a survey analyst for an entertainment company that uh, I, uh, you know, still contribute to every once in a while. In fact, uh, I work with you guys every once in a while there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Is that, is that good to bring up that's, on the show? I don't know. Good. I don't that's know if, if I'm allowed to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, you know, just uh, try to be, uh, you know, content creator myself, trying to write, you know, and just... Uh, you know, playing video games is what I'm doing nowadays. Awesome. Video games are <laughs> and great. Yeah, and like rewatching stuff from my childhood and seeing if it still holds to this day. And uh, watching Hook, I've got some questions. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. <laughs> All right. I was going to say, yeah, video games, rewatching movies. That's kind of what everyone's been doing during COVID. Yep. Yeah. So why did you pick Hook? Hook first came to mind. I really wish I had a good answer for that. But like, I, I think it's because like, look at watching the movie and looking at myself now, I think I've reached the point where like Robin Williams' character in there, like Peter, like he, where he's at, you know, kind of like, you know, in his career, but at the same time, like, I mean, in the movie, like he's forgotten about his childhood, but over here, like a lot of us, I mean, at my age right now, I'm still trying to like stay in touch with that, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, the Peter Pan story, it's my favorite iteration of the Peter Pan story, you know? Really? It's my, this is. It's my favorite version of it. Yeah, it's my favorite version of it because like, you know, like, it's an adult, ver- adult version of it, and I think that's why it speaks to me. Like, I myself, you know, the reason why I play a lot of video games, the reason why I'm big into, like, animated, like, adult animation shows, you know, adult animated sitcoms, um, it's still me being a version of my of my child self, you know? And I think that's why I like Hook so much, because, like, it is a, an adult version of Peter Pan. So you're So, Henry, you're saying that you feel like you were in a similar situation 
in your life with Peter's Peter Banning situation at the beginning of this movie? Definitely right now, or rather like something that I, a, a, this unconscious like fear of mine, you know, of like, you know, being too adult, being that stuff, like that stuff shirt that Peter Banning is like in the beginning of the movie, you know, mm-hmm. like I've always tried to be like maintain that childlike glee in me in one way or another, you know? So I think like maybe in a way, like when I first saw this movie as a kid, that kind of instilled that in me. <laughs> you don't you want know? to grow up? Uh, you think that's yeah. what it, it spoke to you? Yeah, maybe. Well, like uh, I, when I saw this as a kid, like I saw this, uh, we call it. So I, my parents used to own a liquor store, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I this was over in Arcadia. There was an apartment complex right across the street from me. And I used to hang out in this uh, with these kids over there over at their place over, and like their dad would like have all these movies a lot of them were like that's where i first saw et and from there that's where i first like first saw hook as well you know wow and um yeah so like that's conjures up that kind of memory as well that level of nostalgia and like um i don't know uh spielberg's like a you know he's a big guy and like you know formative part of my childhood years um yeah i don't know yeah, a lot of people's childhood years, you know. So like, looking back yeah, at it now, yeah, he was the most thanked person at the Oscars. He's thanked more than yeah. God. <laughs> but with, I mean, it makes sense. Though. Uh, I mean, what you're saying is right. I think we all grew up on Spielberg films. Even people who aren't absolutely who even aren't that big into movies. You've seen a Spielberg film, and you may have, you may have hated it, you may have liked it, but you still definitely saw one, and you still know who he is, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, he he's behind like. The blockbuster, the idea of the Hollywood blockbuster, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Jaws, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then from there, I still remember like Jurassic Park, you know? Absolutely. This, One of my top yeah. 10 movies, Jurassic Park, hands down. Oh, yeah. But uh, this is a hook we're talking about now. Interesting backstory about the movie, too. Is this the part where I get into it? Well, first, in case anyone okay. out there hasn't seen Hook from 1991, directed by Steven Spielberg, we're going to try to summarize it right now. Do you, since you've seen it, two and a half times do you want to take a crack at it or do you want to let us do it Ooh, okay let me try this out this is just like how i, I would summarize movies back at you know the movie company that we work at <laughs> yeah. you know do you remember when me doing that all right i remember all right but this time i'm gonna go i'm gonna make this a little bit more fun than like you know us having to do yeah, it for jobs. all right we try to go for so like five minutes or so uh okay so we're introduced to robin williams character peter banning right he is a lawyer he's a stuffed shirt and we first see him at his little daughter's um, Peter Pan play, right? He gets a phone call in the middle of it, you know, and it turns out it's work. His wife hates the fact he's getting a work call at his daughter's play, right? He's like, oh, okay, look, we can't have a meeting tomorrow. I got my son's game tomorrow. But you know what? We'll just make it a short meeting, right? His son's a little bit miffed about this, but it's like, whatever, you know. Game day happens. Guess who's there? Everybody in the family, Jack, everybody's there except for Peter Banning because he got all caught up with work, unfortunately. They fly over to London to meet Grandma Wendy. Grandma Wendy, you know, is opening. Uh, she's, I don't know, some kind of celebration is being had for her. I think either, I think they're opening up like an orphanage with her name in it or something. Trouble in paradise because he's always working all the time and his kids aren't too happy about that. Wendy kind of tries to remind him, hey, you know, it's all about family, you know, that typical stuff. But then in the middle of the night, their children, Jack and what's this? What's his daughter's name again? Maggie. I think it's Maggie. Right? Yeah, it's Maggie. Yeah. Jack and Maggie whew, go missing, right? Peter's like, oh, God, you know, it's it's a 
it is, you know, a traumatic event for everybody, like, right? In, in the movie, it's portrayed like a green light opens the windows and takes them away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like they, that's right. They come home from this like charity event for for Wendy, and they see like the house like ripped to shreds, and they, you know, you can see like where like Captain Hook's like claw just like tore off the w- wallpaper a little bit. You know, you know, they call the police, and then later on that night, like uh, Grandma Wendy is like Peter, Peter, do you remember your childhood? And Peter's like, uh, n- nothing after the age of 13, before the age of 13. And she reminds him, you know that, you know that, that Peter Pan story you heard so much about? That's you. And he's like, oh my God, grandma's going delirious. Oh my God, <laughs> grandma, somebody get, somebody get, somebody get, get the hospital. Somebody get a doctor. She's like, no, 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 it's you. You're Peter Pan. And he's like, <laughs> okay, grandma. Yeah. You're looking, talking kind of crazy there, but <laughs> okay. Um, Moments later, when he's in his like parent, like his uh, kids' room, freaking Tinkerbell shows up. He's like, "Oh God, this huge fly's talking to me," and she looks just like Julia Roberts. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> he gets knocked out. Tinkerbell apparently has been spending a lot of time at the gym because she lifts up this man that's like a hundred times her size. <laughs> it takes him over to Neverland. <laughs> he comes to and like he ends up at, like some kind of like pirate scroto. Or something like that. And she tries to have him like blend in. But he kind of does a bad job of that. Most especially when he sees his kids there. Can't act by like Captain Hook. And like Captain Hook's like oh finally. Peter Pan. This this isn't Peter Pan. You're a fat old man. And I love that's a gag throughout this movie. Like how like fat, pasty and old he's become. <laughs> yeah. You know and he's like oh I'm going to kill this guy. But like Tinkerbell's like wait no. He's not even the Peter Pan you know. He doesn't even know how to fly. Or you know. Like even like crow or like fight with a sword. Can you give me three days with him? And for some reason, why Captain Hook's like, yeah, sure, I'll let you give this guy this advantage. You know, even though I could just easily kill this guy who claims to be him right now, even though I don't believe it. And like somehow agreeing to while agreeing to this, like Peter Pan kind of falls over off the boat that they were on, like Captain Hook's boat, and ends up like in the water. And some mermaids save him, and he like, and then he ends up somehow like like uh where the lost boys homes are at like up in the trees or some shit like that like far away from like where the ship is at right and that's when like when the movie really started for me you know yeah, for, like 15 the, minutes lo- into the movie <laughs> right right like five I, I, zero I, not I, 15 50 minutes into yeah. the movie is when we get to oh, the yeah. never tree with the lost boys yeah and the lost boys are like wait this is peter P- tinkerbell's like hey it's peter pan and the lost boys are like nah nah and then of course you know rufio the leader of the lost rufio. boys shows up Rufio, Rufio, just like his entrance is fucking great. It's, you know the it's way he... my favorite part of the movie. Spoiler alert. Yes, the the fucking oh, yeah. the roller coaster that he's riding on and the backflip. Right. He gets right? up, looks oh, at him, gosh. smiles, draws the sword, puts that at his neck. Yeah. Oh the, my god. The hand and, like... thing. Oh. <laughs> and I love how like, what was it? Uh, uh, he's like, oh, you know. You're a pirate. All adults are pirate. Like Rufio says that to him, you know, and he says, I'm not mm-hmm. a pirate. I'm a lawyer. And then Rufio says my favorite, one of my favorite lines of this, kill the lawyer. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> now, all right. The show's over. Now you put that thing away. Now put it down before you poke somebody's eye out. You're not old enough to shave. What are you doing with a sword? And flying around with, this is an insurance nightmare. What is this? Some sort of Lord of the Flies preschool? Where are your parents? Who's in charge here? No, no, Mr. Skunkhead with too much moose. You are just a punk kid. I want to speak to a grown-up. All grown-ups are pirates. Excuse me? We kill pirates. I'm not a pirate. 
So happens, I am a lawyer. Kill the lawyer! I'm not that kind of lawyer. <laughs> yeah, and Robert Williams is like, I, I'm not that kind of lawyer, <laughs> you know? And then, of course, you know, montage. We got try to make, like, Peter Pan a lost boy, you know? Try to, like, reclaim Peter Pan as we knew him and stuff. Meanwhile, Hook has this, like, brilliant idea from his, like, uh, like secondhand man, Shmi, to make uh, Peter Banning's kids like him. Because he's like, hey, like what if you go fight... To, like, Hook, yeah. And then, because, like, Shmi's like, hey, Hook, Hook, Hook. What if you go to fight Peter Pan, and it's sh- and he's fighting for his children, right? Right, Hook? But what if his kids like you more than they like <laughs> Peter? You know? That, that'd be really fucked up, right? And, of course, Captain Hook is like, that's a brilliant plan. I'm glad I came up with that plan. Yeah, I'm a genius. To which Shmi allows, I guess. So Maggie is, like, not taking any of that bullshit, right? But Jack just, like, succumbs to that very easily because he's still super salty about the baseball game. Oh, well, that's going on. Like, Peter Pan, like, he he finally, the, the epiphany, or sorry, the apostrophe for him, or the epiphany, that's another Shmi part I love, when Shmi's like, oh, I've had an apostrophe. And Hook's like, you mean an epiphany? <laughs> um, Peter Pan finally realized, Peter Banning finally realizes he's Peter Pan when he's trying to eat dinner, and, like, he sees no food over there, but he sees all the Lost Boys, like, eating invisible food around him. And then, like, him and Rufio get into, like, a roasting match with each other. You know, and the stuff that comes out of their mouth is great. Like he, I, I, I don't want to spoil it. At the same time, I don't necessarily want we're to. We're spoiling everything. Spoiling everything, man. It's, it's fine. Yeah, we're just spoiling everything. Yeah, it's not important. We'll come back like, to it probably. Yeah, yeah, welcome back to it. Yeah, yeah. We'll just, I'll probably look it up in a bit. But um, at that moment, like he roasts Rufio so hard that like something ignites in him, and then he's like, "Oh wait, there's food over here. I just have to pretend there's food to eat the food." Another piece of world building that's not really very well explained, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And then, like, from there, like, they go into this weird thing where, like, as Peter Pan starts to remember everything, Tinkerbell also, like, you know, it's like, yeah, you're back, but also I'm in love with you. That little piece of the story right there. And, like, Peter remembers, they go into Peter's, like, childhood. We're like, oh, yeah, he was he was a baby. But as a baby, he's like, oh, wait, I don't want to grow up because growing up means I'd have to die. Yeah. Literally in line from the movie. And it's like, oh, what? and for some reason, yeah. Like he's, like, <laughs> I, this is, he's a baby when he comes to this realization, you know? Not even a toddler, like a baby. And when this when this baby has this realization, the baby carriage just like <laughs> wheels off away from the parents. <laughs> and like all of a sudden we cut to a shot of this baby on the floor. And Tinkerbell floats by. It's raining. And she puts a leaf over him. And Tinkerbell essentially kidnaps this baby and takes him to Neverland. You know? To which they go into Peter Pan visiting Wendy, you know, Wendy getting old. And they go into, like, one time he sees Wendy and Wendy's like, an old lady. And he's like, what? No, you're supposed to come back to the Neverland with me. And she's like, no, I can't. I have my daughter right there sleeping in that bed. And from for some reason why he falls in love with Moira, Wendy's granddaughter. And he's like, I want to kiss her while she's sleeping. Yep. Not very consenty, <sighs> if you know what I mean. Not There's Absolutely not a lot of consent not. happening right there. Yeah. yeah. And Tinkerbell crazy. shows up. And she's like, she feels sad. About, she's like, oh no, he's kissing her. Wah. And of course, after that flashback, like she gets all of a sudden, she makes a wish and her one wish is to get 10 times as big and give Peter a kiss. Because like, oh. you can just wish for things in this movie. I didn't know that yeah. was a thing. I forgot about that. Yeah. And like right after he does that, he's like, cool. I got to go save my children. <laughs> like, 
and yeah, like it's like, oh, you kissed me. Oh, okay. You just had like, you know, a like a huge moment for yourself, a huge emotional moment. I'm going to go save my kids now and go fight off this homicidal maniac. The climactic battle happens where, you know, it's three days after and he's fighting Hook, you know, and the Lost Boys show up and they have all this, like, these gadgets and, like, weaponry. And then, like, Rufio ends up fighting Captain Hook at a certain point, you know, and Rufio, like, he pulls off some pretty awesome shit in here. But somehow Hook, you know, kills him. And Peter Pan didn't show up in time to save him. The one casualty in this whole entire fight. Yeah, and like Rufio, weird? Right? <laughs> and, like, and like freaking... Uh, That's kind of weird, like, right? I'm not yeah, the only one like, that thought that was really weird. I really did. Like, I was, and, then, like, and then his final lines are, I, I wish I, I had a dad like you. I had a dad because like at you. that yeah. point, Jack has been brainwashed by Hook and Jack is dressing up like Hook. So he dies <laughs> and, and to I, motivate Jack to appreciate his father. And he's like, oh, I'm plus, I'm sorry, Papa. And then, you know, Peter Pan ends up fighting Hook. He's about to pull the dealing blow, you know. But of course, you know, his children are like, no, don't. He's just, and this is like, this is killer. He's just a sad old man without his mommy. And of course, Hook being the crooked, you know, bastard he is. is about to attack him. Tinkerbell saves Peter Pan. His Hook lands at a giant, like, It's weird how she couldn't save Rufio. Right? Where was she? But of course, I'm pretty sure the writer's like, well, we need some kind of sacrifice. Let's cool the, let's kill the coolest character over here, you know? Just just for, you know, emotion's sake. Hook dies through some kind of ironic way, uh, i.e. the the, uh, the crocodile that bit his hand off lands on him. Um, and, you know, yay, we win against Hook, even though Rufio's dead. The coolest guy in this movie. And then, uh, and then Peter's like... Peter and decides Peter's like, to give his sword and leave Thud, Thud Butt, I think is his name, right? I know it's Thud. Yeah, I don't know th- about Thud, thud. Butt. Thud Butt. Thud Butt. I like Thud Butt. I like Thud He's Butt, great. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. He gives him the sword and, then, and Thud Butt becomes the new pan to protect the Lost Boys. Instead of yeah. like taking the Lost Boys and having them adopted in the new school that's opening, Dude, that... he's just going to yeah. leave them in Neverland. Okay. He yeah. goes back home and then we find out that the fairy dust is how Peter Pan is allowed to fly. And because the fairy dust has run out, he's not able to fly anymore. But he yeah. he loves his family now. And then he gives, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name, his marbles back? Yeah, the old man who lost his marbles in the beginning of the movie. Who's a character from the original Peter Pan story. He's one of the lost boys, I think. Yep. And, and then, then he, he gets that back. He flies away. And then that's yeah. the end of the movie. Yep. And like, you know, Wendy and Peter and the rest of them look out the window as he flies away. And they're like, oh, yes. You know, was it? Oh, your adventure's over, says Wendy. And then, like, Peter's like, no, living's the greatest adventure. To you live know, would be a great big... adventure. Oh, yeah, to live would be a great adventure, yeah. You know, she's Which I ending. think is canonically Finn. the last thing that Peter Pan says in the book. I could be wrong. Ah, uh, probably. I, I, yeah. I never read the book, yeah. I never um, either, but I read about the source material for... Because if you look at the credits, it says Hook is based off of the book... Peter and Wendy by uh, I think J.M. Barring J.M. 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 Barry yeah so I yeah, was like yeah. oh okay Peter I was looking at the Wikipedia and it has Peter Pan the boy who never lived or the boy who never mm-hmm. grew up and then yeah. 10 years after is Peter and Wendy so I was like oh it must be the sequel book no that yeah. is not true it's the same story Peter the boy who never grew up is the play version and Peter and Wendy's the novelization and oh. in the in the novel, 
it's pretty much the same Peter Pan story from like the animated one or the 2003 mm-hmm. one. And mm-hmm. the end of the book, Peter comes back to Wendy multiple times and she's continuously growing older. And then she has a daughter named Jane. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to fall in love with Jane. Now. To live would be a great adventure. And that's the end. Yeah. Mm. God. Oh, fuck it. This, this movie's weird. Okay. Like just this yeah. movie's really it's a, weird. Yeah. It it yeah. it might be the weirdest it's movie like, we've uh, seen so far. And like You're welcome. And like we've <laughs> seen uh we've seen like Robocop, which is kind of fucked up and weird, but this is definitely the strangest film that we've talked about. Yeah. I think the, the yeah. thing that uh, I loved as a kid was Rufio. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was he was definitely like my favorite part. He's still the part that I enjoy uh watching yeah. it today. There's some stuff yeah. with like the the pirates that I think is funny but on the whole mm-hmm. I think this is the worst version of Captain Hook that's ever been captured Really? I absolutely <laughs> Wait 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 that. the worst <laughs> yeah. version of Captain Hook the worst version of Captain Hook You know what I was about to disagree with you but you know what you're right actually cuz like I mean like I Dustin, Dustin Hoffman played Hook right and like who's Hook... like a, a very he's a good mm-hmm. actor you know he might be a bit yeah. of an asshole in real life but He's a good actor, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and like, yeah, and like, like you can tell like his chemistry with all the other actors. He was able to like play off of them really well. Most especially Shmi, Bob Hoskins. You know? I, I like, don't like their scenes to be honest. I think you know, those scenes yeah. are boring as fuck. Damn. I. Yeah. Austin's going in I on this movie. For me, for I, me, it was like when when Peter, like straight laced Peter. His those scenes I find the most boring. Actually, like the first fifty minutes of the movie. Of him in the you know doing author stuff you know awful like it's, yeah like the it's first kind of act, bad first, yeah like the first act it's just like you could cut 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 a lot of this down why does he have two kids you could totally cut that like because the beginning it's weird that he goes to Maggie's play about Peter Pan but he doesn't make it to his mm-hmm. kids baseball game his other kids baseball game yeah you would think that yeah. maybe it's because there's like a division between Peter and or not Peter. Uh, Jack? Jack and Maggie, but they don't even go into that because Maggie yeah, like, is is like taken away from Jack so that Hook can influence Jack, and Maggie kind of disappears for the yeah. movie. So why is like, she even there? Right? She has that yeah, weird like, song that's like not connected to anything. Oh, her. Okay, okay. That, I wanted to touch on the song because for a little girl, she could sing really well, but I had no fucking clue what that song had to do with anything. It's not even this Same. movie isn't a musical. Right? It's a straightforward Oh, 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 but but George, little do you know, it started off as a musical. Really? So here's oh, the thing. Jesus. See, like I feel like this movie this movie has had like several ideas in it, but then they just mm-hmm. never follow through on it. And so it feels oh, like un like scene to scene, it feels like unconnected, if that makes sense. Like disjointed. Yeah. If if I may go into like the pre-production history, it'll like, it'll shine a lot of light on like why, like it is the way it is, and and explains a lot about it. So Spielberg grew up with the Peter Pan story, right? And like he himself has like described himself as like 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 he's got Peter Pan syndrome himself. You know, he's admitted this. Uh, in fact, even at age eleven, he directed his what own does it mean production of to Peter, have of Peter Pan syndrome. Essentially, yeah. you know, you have a hard time like being an adult. You have a hard time like growing up. You know, you want to be a kid forever. Like Spielberg loved the story so much that, like, at the age of 11, 11, he did his own like school production of Peter Pan. That's why that scene is in there in the first place. That's he, okay. he's even gone record to say, "Oh yeah, I, I put that scene in there because I did the same thing when I was eleven. You know, and that story is like the Peter Pan story has followed him 
ever since, right? He even like linked up with like Walt, uh, Walt Disney Productions and Paramount Pictures to get this movie going, right? He got the rights from like London Children's Hospital because after J.M. Barry, the original author, like in his mm-hmm. will, he g- gave the copyright to that hospital. So like, you know, whatever royalties they bring in would help them out, right? And he got that copyright around like 1985, right? He, he got like, you know, sets ready. He hired a production designer and then his son was born. And that's what, like, it all just changed for him. That's when, like, he dropped the Peter Pan syndrome. He's like, well, I can't be, I don't have to taste for this movie anymore. I'm no longer a child. I'm a father, you know? And then, like, the movie just, like, fell from there for the longest time. He went on to do, like, Empire of the Sun, which is very much about a World War II movie about a boy losing his own childhood innocence becoming a man. And then, like, around, like, 1989-ish, right? They they were going to move on with the movie, right? It went on from uh, um, Walt Disney and Paramount was going to be distributed by TriStar. And the guy who's running TriStar at the time, he was Rob, not Robin Williams, uh, Steven Spielberg's first talent agent, right? And, you know, they were actually quite ready. They had, like, uh, uh, they had Robin Williams signed up. They had Dustin Hoffman signed up. And the director, they had director Nick Castle. And in case you guys didn't know, this guy is literally Michael Myers from the Halloween movie. What? Wait, wait. The wait, original wait, wait. director the for orig- this movie. Was the original Michael Myers from the Halloween movies? The John Carpenter ones? Yes. The guy in the mask. That guy. Oh the guy in the God. mask. Yeah. That's the original director for this, <laughs> right? But Robin Williams and Justin Hoffman were beefing with this guy at the time. They didn't like him, right? But like, you oh, know, no. Spielberg gets like a call from his very first like talent agent, like, hey, hey, you know that movie you want to work on? Just read the script. Just check out the script, right? Spielberg Spielberg reads the script. He's like, oh, I like this. Oh, I could do this. I'm down for this because he like Spielberg at the time like saw himself in Peter Banning's like type A personality stuff shirt, you know, act, right? So like, you know, he okay. took over from there, booting Nick Castle off, right? Damn. And then like, you know, production happens and such, but I'm not going to end the story there quite yet because it, like, it gets more interesting when I tell you guys who was originally supposed to be Peter Pan. It wasn't? It wasn't Robin Williams. In fact, it was somebody else who's also known for his own Peter Pan syndrome. And this guy, Michael Jackson, has his, oh yep, god, he had his own Neverland. Oh god, yes, oh, it was going to be a musical. Oh. It was going to be no. a musical, star the King of Pop himself. But of course, like, you know, like P- the King of Pop gets a phone call from like Steven Spielberg, and Steven Spielberg says like, "Hey, you know that musical you want to do about Peter Pan? Yeah. Uh, now he's a lawyer who has kids and is an adult. Oh no, I don't like that. I'm 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 okay. Can we do something else? N- n- no. Okay." But here's where it gets even weirder, all right? I don't think it can get weirder than that. Oh, it gets weirder because around the year oh. 2000, right? This is like much after this movie's over. Apparently, Michael Jackson was still super salty about losing this chance to play Peter Pan because... Um, he built his own theme park, his, right? Oh, yeah. But because he couldn't play Peter Pan in a movie, he had his business manager wire like over $100,000 to a a, uh, a witch doctor, a voodoo what? chief in Mali, Africa. What? To put a curse on Steven Spielberg and a whole bunch of other people, <laughs> like cows died to to put a curse on Steven Spielberg as well as other dudes as well that have like wronged Michael Jackson as he felt at the time. So like after that happened, the, the voodoo doctor's like, yes, he will die after this curse. But uh, I mean, like look at the one who's dead now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It didn't really work. Now did it? Damn. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. So. uh... 
yeah, I think if anything, I felt like this movie, the curse was placed long after this movie was done, though. So maybe it works retroactively. I don't know. That is, yeah, cele- that is celebrity sounds... craziness, but, like 101 yeah, right that... there. Like, because you hear about celebrities like, oh, nobody look at me. Nobody stare yep. at me. Michael Jackson straight up said, I want you to kill Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> How verifiable is this? Is this witch doctor, though? Like, can we believe this witch doctor's testimony? Can, can we believe this story? I don't know. You know what? I don't care. It's a lot of fun to hear. <laughs> Who gives a shit, man? I, nobody cares, man. It's it's a funny story. It and really like, you is. know what? Michael and, Jackson and... is weird enough to have been able. I could I could see it happening. Yeah. Thank thank Gosh. God Michael and, and Jackson did, wasn't Peter Pan. For reals. I might have liked this movie more. Nah, 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 nah. Fuck out of here. I think so. This movie would be way. It would have been a completely different movie too, actually, because like like because at first it was supposed to be a musical. And then the the guy who wrote this, Jim V. Hart, he first wrote this movie. And, like, he would, like, go on to, I think, do... No, he didn't do the Muppet Island movie. But he did, like, work on this movie with Nick Castle at the time. And then, like, um, Spielberg did some rewrites with him. And then, what's her name? Mary... Mary M... Ah, that name that you brought up. Scotch Marmo... No, yeah, Malia Scotch Marmo, which worked with uh, Steven Spielberg to clean up Catherine Host lines, you know? And later on, he would also work with Steven Spielberg on Jurassic Park. But... Tinkerbell, her lines got reworked by Carrie Fisher. Really? <laughs> Princess Leia. Yeah, Princess Leia. Yeah. She she was brought on to do some rewrites for like Tinkerbell's lines. So like, you know, it's some real like, you know, five degrees of like Steven Spielberg right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael Myers, Star Wars, and uh, Michael Jackson. Wow. This, this movie is way yeah. more interesting. <laughs> the, the behind the scenes. This movie, the making of this movie would make yeah. a better movie. Yeah. Oh, mo- yeah. And like, bear in mind, like John Williams also did the score for this movie as well. I yeah. I did enjoy the score from John Williams a lot, and I mean, there. I think mm-hmm. personally, how I feel about this film is that I think there's a lot to appreciate uh, in terms mm-hmm. of the making of this film. Like, I love the production mm-hmm. design. I think the music's pretty good. Yeah. I think the actors are having a lot of fun. I just, I yeah. think for me, it sounds like I might be the most favorable of the three of us yeah it sounds like it yeah you just said three good things about this yeah, movie I, i'm definitely I, I, yeah i'm definitely a mixed bag yeah i i think i probably yeah. enjoy it the most it just slightly i don't think it's a phenomenal movie i don't think it's a great movie um yeah. i think it, it has a lot I, to i definitely a, feel it's underrated though well that's what i was yeah. gonna say uh i don't know about no that. I, <laughs> I don't think I, so i will say this i think it's a decent mm-hmm. film i think it's especially as a kid I think the reason it doesn't mm-hmm. resonate with me is just because the Peter Pan story never hooked me. Pun intended. <laughs> it never got to me. And uh, Henry, you're not you you don't you don't know this, but um, I, in the first part, I was talking shit about Peter Pan. I was like, this whole story, this whole world is confusing. I don't really get it. I never liked the animated film. Like when I think of Disney animated films, I always think of like Little Mermaid or. You know, like uh, Pocahontas Lion and King. those other films, but I never think of Peter Pan. And um, well, because you, we grew up in the Disney Renaissance, you know, that's the movie exactly. that we grew up with. Exactly. Aladdin as well. Uh, oh, Contract uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Aladdin, of course. Aladdin. All anything yeah. that's being remade into a yeah. <laughs> into into a <laughs> yeah. film now is like you know Lion King, another one. Yeah. But Peter Pan never Definitely, hooked yeah. me. Watching this film, it still hasn't hooked me. But there was so much of the production behind it that I really liked. And I'm like, is it? And the story's okay. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I think there, there's a good story in yes. there. It's just I 
I don't think it's very it's executed very well at yeah. all. It well, felt very bloated. Yeah, I mean, very bloated. Minutes, very in, bloated. You yeah. timed it, Austin. Yeah. But I even I was like. I appreciate you giving us the time to really learn about these characters. I always appreciate that, but I, I'm not getting something. I'm not. I'm not really attaching myself. And right. I don't think. I think that the the characterization, like why I said Hook is this is the worst version of Hook, is he's very mm-hmm. inconsistent. His mm-hmm. intelligence varies scene to scene, as mm-hmm. does his like uh, his evilness. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, like Spielberg, when he made this movie, he even felt off about this movie, actually, um, from what I read. Because uh, was it, the interview I read was was after this movie was released. Oh, gosh, you kind of feel that. You know what I mean? The, I don't know. It, like, yeah. It doesn't seem like yeah. he's as uh, confident, almost. It's a, it's a, yeah. Maybe it's just a, I'm only seeing it this way, but like, or, you know what, you know what I think it is? I think he leans on the sentimentality really hard on this one like it's like this is a sentimental yeah, family story boom i will say like i i've been wanting to bring this up for a while um it did watch the movie did make my heart kind of like ache a bit because like robin williams i love robin williams so much yeah i think that's another reason why i want to do this movie is because like i love robin williams so much and like with him having passed away you know like his his like in terms of like celebrity deaths you know for most of the time I'm like yeah okay whatever but like his, his passing hit me the hardest Mm-hmm. And like it, it, this is this is very much like, and I, I was looking at like internally at myself, like why do I feel so like, you know, feel this way about this guy I've never met before? I was like, oh, because like, he provided me moments like like in Hook, you know, like when Peter goes from like you know, adult to child, you know, and you see that version of Robin Williams on the screen, you know, it's just like oh, that's that's the Robin Williams I love, you know, that that energetic, yeah. fun, excited stuff, you know. That's when it really like the movie really took that turn for me, and I think like even as a kid I was a huge Robin Williams fan. <laughs> oh no no no! I I absolutely oh, absolutely I even liked Flubber. We, we yeah. all because it was a Robin kid, Williams. We all Flubber. That movie was dope. I haven't seen it since. Yeah. But... I bet it's I bet it's worse than this one. I maybe, <laughs> but well, I think yeah. I, I absolutely agree. I and I think Robin Williams is one of the best part of the films because um fantastic and this yeah. might be even. Some people might say, like, he's still not as great as he is in other films, but he is still good. And I think whenever I see Robin Williams, I obviously get sad because of the real life incident, you know, of his real life death. But the thing about Robin Williams that always made me kind of hurt was that he always seemed like a great, funny guy. He was almost like, and I don't want to use this in a bad way, but he was like the coolest clown right like there was yeah mm-hmm. there was nothing really wrong with him and granted i'm not counting his roles where he's a he's a straight up villain yeah i'm, I'm talking from a mm-hmm. kid's perspective right and yeah and i think as a kid it always really depressed me seeing someone like robin williams depressed and sad yeah. you know um yeah it's like the pagliacci quote or the pagliacci joke oh yeah <laughs> which one like what oh like uh so a patient comes like goes to his doctor and he's like hey doctor I'm really, really sad right now. Do you have anything that can help me out with that? And the doctor says, you know what? Yeah, you should uh, go uh, go to the circus. I hear that uh, there's a really funny clown over there, Pagliacci. You should go check him out. To which the patient goes, but doctor, I am Pagliacci. I remember that quote now. It's I read it and watched yeah. it. Um, and that's the thing that always made me sad, right? And for the longest time as a kid, I was like, well, something that took me a while to realize is that it's just a movie. He's pretending. But I think what makes it even more tragic now is that 
there was some truth to that. You know, when I saw him depressed in a mm-hmm. film, definitely. Uh, even though he might have been acting, he was really depressed in real life. And um, yeah, there's just uh, I think there are some moments here that really made me feel sad for him. Like the scene uh, that almost tore me up was when Hook challenges Peter for the first time. And he's like, your kids are up on that net. Go get them. And he just can't. You know, he you could tell that yeah. he's scared that he's you know, that he's kind of failed his children. And it really mm-hmm. made me sad. It really brought in that those those memories of like watching robin williams throughout the years struggling and all in all these different films and being sad and angry and i'm like ah, i don't know it seeing robin williams in this film really like for me hit home the hardest i think he is yeah probably the best part of the film and he's not even really yeah. if i'm being 100 percent honest he's not even firing on all cylinders you know because of the he's script not, yeah. Of the, yeah he's not he, but that's how great of an actor he is. Even when he doesn't have the best script, even when he's doing his he's best, he's doing he's trying a great his best. Job. I see it. I feel. And he sells the scene with the food and with the insults with uh, mm-hmm. with Rufio. Eat your heart out, you prinkled, wrinkled, fat hag. You're a very ill-mannered young man. You're you know a that. You're slugging worm. Come on, you can do better than that. I can't believe you're encouraging. Yes, yeah, show me your fastball dust brain. You paunchy sag bottom puke pot. You are a very poor role model for these kids. Do you know that? I bet you don't even have a fourth grade reading level. Immortal suck navel. Well, maybe a fifth grade reading level. Boil dripping, beef fart sniffing, bubble butt. Someone has a severe caca mouth. Do you know that? You are a fart factory. Slug slime, sack of rat guts and cat vomit. Cheesy scab picked pimple squeezing finger bandage. A week old maggot burger with everything on it and flies on the side. Substitute chemistry teacher. Come on, Rubio, hit a mat. Mung tongue. Math tutor. Pinhead. Prison barber. Mother lover. Nearsighted gynecologist. In your face, camel cake. In your rear, cow derriere. Lion crying, spying, prying, ultra pig. You lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre chewed food, dude. Make a right, Peter! You man! Stupid, stupid man! Rufio, if I'm a maggot burger, why don't you just eat me? You two toned, zebra headed, slime coated, pimple farming, paramecium brain, munching on your own mucus, suffering from Peter Pan envy. You know what? Props to this man. He is one of the greatest actors. It's not the uh, drum. It's you know. It's not the same dramatic acting that like uh, Marlon Brando does and stuff. But like, he no. he was really good at what he did, and I think he was fantastic in this as well. Yeah, and and yeah. I love I love seeing like comedic actors go from like you know comedy a very strong comedy background to like, uh, uh you know those dramatic backgrounds. You know, Jim Carrey and uh, Robin Sunshine. Will- yeah, yeah, like it, and it really Jim go- Carrey. Yeah, yeah, Jim Carrey. Yeah, wait, Jim Carrey, or Jim Ferry. He he said uh, Kim. Oh no, Carey. no, I said Jim, Jim Carrey. Did okay. I say Kim? Did gotcha. I say Kim Carrey? Kim Carrey. You said Kim oh, Carrey. Oh, okay. no, I meant Jim Carrey <laughs> in Eternal Sunshine. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, and it really goes to show how, like how like even the people who can like draw the biggest laughs like there's got to be some kind of internal something that they're I don't want to say running away from you know, but like really, some place of hurt that that laughter those really big laughs must be coming from you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely. yeah. Yep. Overall, overall, I. I was fine with the movie. I think it's I th- look. How many times am I really gonna watch it from here on out? 
probably not that much. I might watch it no. one more time next year or five years from now. But but now here now here's my personal take. This movie does not deserve like a twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I think you it think, does. Oh man. Oh, that's where I disagree. Yeah. This movie is twenty nine percent is like ass. Like it is like yeah. It, it I, is. I think it deserves at least probably like fifty. You know, like I'm definitely more of the like I'm the middle of this, which is like it has Why? some good qualities. Like it, like what do you call it? The acting's great. The set production's great. There's good qualities about it, but the bad stuff about it that I, blow. I think there's good moments in it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't carry over scene to scene. Yeah, I can see what you mean by that. You know that. what I mean? Like, yeah. like what I was saying about Hook's intelligence, it kind of varies, and his motives vary. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one scene where he's like talking to Smee, like, "All right, there's nothing worth living living for. I'm gonna kill myself." <laughs> that scene, yeah. I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna kill myself. Smee, don't stop me. Stop me, Smee. I'm gonna kill myself. Like, that's not funny. Don't make a move, Smee. Not a step. My finger's on the trigger. Don't try to stop me, Smee. I'm not again. This is it. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't you dare try to stop me this time, Smee. Try to stop me. Smee, you better get up off your ass. Get over here, Smee. I'm coming. I'm coming. This is not a joke. I'm committing a suicide. I I think the movie would benefit greatly from scenes where uh, Pan has to, or Peter Banning has to learn how to be a father to the Lost Boys. Because ultimately, that's what his arc is, is learning to be a good dad. Does he ever do anything like that with the Lost Boys? No. No. We cut back to Hook and Smee doing unfunny gags. I agree. I like Dustin Hoffman. I like the way he looks specifically. I, I can't stand anything about his hook. Really? I, I really I, dug I, the look. I enjoyed like Hook and Smee in this actually. Like I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably weird. Like, have you like seen that. Jason Isaacs be be Captain Hook? No, I haven't. But then again, like, there's my, just like there's one scene that I'm gonna share with you guys. You guys can can take a look at it now and tell me who you think the better hook is. He does feel. He feels about you. She told him stories. He taught her to fly. How? You just think happy thoughts. They lift you into the air. Alas, I have no happy thoughts. Brings you down. How else? No, no, leave her alone. No, he's buried us. He's buried us. Michael. <laughs> what a bad and unhappy thoughts bring him down. He has no unhappy thoughts. Oh. How if his wind walks the plank? Jason yeah. Isaacs is uh, that's his name, right? Jason Isaac. Jason Isaacs, yep. And you know what? Like, I, th- I think I'm a sucker for slapstick. I'm a sucker for the comedy. I'm a sucker for like o- that over dramaticness that like uh, Captain Hook was doing in the movie. I mean, like, y- I mean, you're right. It was inconsistent, you know. But I could definitely tell it was just like I enjoyed the comedy of it. And I think like that's me speaking from like my own uh, little child inside of me, you know, because I was, yeah, yeah. I think that as a as a kid. I I must have liked it because yeah. I watched this movie over and over and over and over again. But yeah. as an adult, I'm watching it and I'm like, wait, yeah. it, I feel like it's a very Dustin Hoffman thing. Yeah. And yeah. I just don't have the yeah. patience well, for I it. Well, I think what it was is 
because it's Dustin Hoffman, right? Like Dust the mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman, it's like, okay, well we need to he costs a lot of money and we need to have more scenes of him because he's a big name actor. So we need to include scenes of him being hook. Where and I think and that was actually something that I did notice was there's a lot of hook in this movie. Like there, is. there really yeah. is. It's even named which, after which makes yeah. no sense. Why is the title that makes no why sense? Why is the title of this movie Hook? He look he he does have a lot of he he has a lot of screen time in the film, but I figured like Pan or Peter Pan or uh, if I may Peter speculate the... actually why that is actually so like after like Spielberg like drop like dropped this movie you know it became a dead project right. And then, you know, but there were still producers attached, right? They needed this to get this movie going. They needed to make this thing come to fruition, right? So this guy named Ian Rathbone is actually behind why this movie is named Hook. When this movie went on from, like, uh, Paramount and Disney over to TriStar, um, he changed it. Because apparently, from my understanding, there were other movies out there also called Pan or Peter Pan or something like that. Um. And I think, and then it got changed to Hook. And I think... What happened at the time, this is before, like, this is when Spielberg was not part of the picture, right? What I'm guessing what happens is that Ian Rathbone, like, packaged, like, this star-studded cast, right? And bear in mind, Spielberg doesn't like working with star-studded cast. Like, he's gone on record to say that he doesn't like that, right? Because of the reason... That's weird. Right? Like, uh, I mean, at the time, like, he didn't like that. And I think, Mm -hmm. like, at the time, that producer, Ian Rathbone, or whoever the producer was at the time, is like, I got all these hot names on this, right? But Dustin Hoffman is hook. Crap, we need to kick up more hook lines. You, writer... Jim, Mr. Hart, can you please like work with Michael Myers on the original Halloween movie to like you know make this better, give him a bigger part, right? To which you know the screenwriter at the time was like, yeah, okay, sure, I'll do this, right? And at the same time, like a little like background in the production of this, like the screenwriter, like he had his son as well, who was kind of contributing it to it, like you know his son was like, hey, what if what if what if Hook was still alive at the end of it? What if Peter Pan was still alive? Oh yeah, okay, that sounds like a good idea. I think I'm gonna put that in the movie. Oh. Oh, thanks, son. You helped me. You helped me write this, but like, I think, like, when like I like your idea better, uh, Austin. How like it should be like Peter Pan learning how to be a father, you know? But yep. Spielberg Rufio has like what ten lines, mm, and the rest are like insults. Yeah. Oh gosh. I... Like he should. We should see him being a dad to. Uh, well it really yeah, seems like they yeah. were it seemed like they were gonna lead into the ending where it was gonna end with peter taking all the lost boys it's like you don't have to be afraid of growing up and yeah you know mm-hmm. like yeah. let me take mm-hmm. you because they, they they set up the whole orphanage the opening of the orphanage and yeah. it's like hey exactly like yeah I will, exactly yeah. i will be there i'm gonna stop being a lawyer and i'm going to spend my time with my children and with you guys i felt like that's where it was yeah, headed and it's like yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. thud! You're the in new fact, Peter yeah. Pan, and I'm like, okay, like that's that's always been the problem that I've had with like Peter Pan in general. It's just the idea that like, okay, you have a bunch of kids who don't want to grow up because of the response because they're scared, and I've always been yeah. like, well, that's like a weird thing to be teaching kids. Like, I'm right? not saying that yeah. every idea that in a kids movie has to be positive or um, or in a mm-hmm. movie every idea has to be positive. Everything has to have a happy ending. I'm not saying that. But with Peter yeah. Pan in general, I'm like, so what's the point? Like, what are we supposed to learn? Right. Like, like what? Yeah. And like, it's a dis. And the thing is, Peter Pan is linked to Disney, so I'm like, there needs to be like an idea that a kid can get that it's like, hey, I learned this from Peter Pan. I learned this from Aladdin. I learned this from yeah. Pocahontas. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, think, what? It, so yeah. what's the point with this? I think this movie is very much Spielberg's own way of like rediscovering 
like his old childhood self because like he's like so when his son was born um like like he like i said like he felt he lost his sense of childhood right there right but like like while raising his son he also like kind of refound it as well like to, to quote him right now um it's a 19, 1992 quote from a magazine that he did uh in a way my son took away my childhood from me but he also gave it back to me as i was raising my kids the appetite for peter pan started to come back and just stayed with me and like which i think it also like this is spielberg's own peter pan syndrome like manifest in this movie but like i like like your guys take on this how like because even the movie peter pan's like i growing old means having to die and even like hook has this like fear of mortality that comes out of nowhere right and i think that's that sounds like something like spiel from spielberg right that sounds like something from him there's a lot of stuff that comes out of nowhere, like like Tinkerbell being in love with him, you know, Wendy. Oh my god, that was the creepiest. That's something thing. that I think was in the original story, mm. but it does it. It's like every single female character pines for Peter right? Pan. I felt weird about even that. his own daughter. Oh gosh, I was like, you should take that out, take that out. You know, there's the the mermaids, the mermaids, Tinkerbell, like, his wife, his his wife's dude, grandma. Everybody's jonesing. <laughs> yeah, everybody's jonesing for oh my, Peter in that- this man. Like when when that look that grandma gives him, you know, in the beginning, she's like, and then you come in, played by the the wonderful Maggie Smith. Yes, Professor Professor McGonagall. <laughs> she has aged well, if you think about it. Like she stayed at that age for the longest time, and she's done a very good job of it, you know. But man, that scene, like when she was like, "Oh, you came in and you saw my daughter." That look she, yeah, she that look she gave him was like made me super uncomfortable. She gives him that look when she recounts like him coming back bear in mind peter pan was 13 years old when he comes back and she's like she has a gra- she has a granddaughter at the time and it's like you're still like mm-hmm. you know thirsting after this 13 year old after all these years you're a grown-ass woman and like you're and she she has that one story about her wedding how she's like oh i would kind of wish that you would show up and stop my wedding a 13 year old oh remember that yeah and like <sighs> like that's that's left in there and then like the mermaids you bring the mermaids back for that one scene and you don't like you don't bring them up again like that they don't appear in the final battle yeah like you could have like they're just there to like yeah, yeah like that could have be really sexy underwater yeah like you could have left that on the editing floor and you do so would have been okay like like this movie has a lot of bloat this and there's i'm definitely sitting there i'm thinking like you could remove that part you don't need this plot point you don't need that part right there we don't need to know about tinkerbell like you know the kissing part i mean it's nice and all but at the same time like at the end, like, does it really add to the ending? It's like, why did she, why did she bring him there? It, like, the whole reason he's there is like, it feels off. It doesn't feel very consistent with yeah itself. Yeah, like it's like they they bring they bring Hook steals Peter Pan's kids. He knows they're his kids, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, and he knows about the play and how he missed uh, Jack's big game. How do you know that? So what? What's that whole thing? What's that whole thing about him not knowing if that was really Peter Pan? Uh, I mean, God, I, I think know. that's I think that's looking very very deep into it. I think the base it's not. It's really no, not. The, it's I think the basic premise is the basic premise is somehow because magic exists in this world, right? Like magic exists mm-hmm. in the world of the movie. So because he's back in London, Captain Hook caught a whiff of Peter Pan's ass, and he's like, he's back. So I'm going to have his kids hostage and that will force him to come to me. Um, and then he sees he sees this old man who n- looks nothing like Peter Pan, like the last time he remembers him. And he's like, you look old and you look different. That basic premise is fine. 
it's you know it's uh you could look into it like well this doesn't make sense that this does it's like okay maybe those are plot holes but you know sometimes you just have to overlook that i think where it really starts but they, it happens like all the time well i i think and it makes I think th- every single time that it happens like it's like they didn't think this through all yes, the way i think the you basic I mean? premise is fine but outside of that when you constantly do that i think it is a little weird and when you're sending when you're setting up different things and not really following up on them and it's you're sending mixed signals i'm like what am i really supposed to think about this whole thing like peter banny's supposed to be a good a better father to jack um but like i think the idea that you said yeah i think the idea that you said about him being a father to the lost boys is is great i think that should have been the premise yeah i think the i i do agree i think the women in this is are kind of weird like yeah maggie smith's character it's it's it doesn't feel like it was meant for a children's movie do you know what i mean like maybe if you wanted to do a realistic version of peter pan okay great Mm -hmm. because real life people it's very complicated right especially if someone's Mm -hmm. aging and someone isn't like i think that could be very complicated but for a kid's movie i'm like this just feels weird and icky and then you have peter pan going with Maggie Smith's granddaughter is also like, oh, this is giving me some Captain America and Sh- uh, Shannon Carter vibes. I it, don't really know what's going with it, that. It gave me more. And then he kisses Gwyneth. Yeah, it gave me more like Woody Allen and Suyin vibes actually, because like, oh. you know, she adopts yeah. him. She brings him. And she adopts him, and he grows up into this, this gentleman, this man, and then she just the look she gave him. I was just like, this is, you you raised him. From 13 years old to now, and you're still... Uh, no? Yeah, maybe? it is. Yeah, it's that's, weird. that's weird. And, okay, uh, okay, and look, maybe you can make the argument like, no, you're not getting it. it, it it's supposed to relate to this. Okay, fine. But the thing that kind of always, at least for me, freaked me out was Tinkerbell wanting to fuck Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was beyond yeah. weird for me. And it, maybe, it's, again, it's because I don't fuck with Peter Pan, but... When she straight up no, wishes it, herself to be human sized and kisses him, I was like, "Wait, did she always want to bang him? Like even in the animated film?" I think so. She was jealous of Wendy. Yeah. Oh. That, that concept is strange to me. Even if it's in the animated film, that whole concept is just weird. Like, yeah, I don't get why that's a thing. Like having, I don't know. It it just threw me off. And also, I didn't like Julia Roberts in this movie. I'm sorry. Neither did Steven Spielberg, I, apparently. I, I, there was some rumors about her being difficult to work with. I don't know if they're true or not, but, like, the tabloids and stuff would call her Tinker Hell or something. Yeah, I remember that. Which which is bizarre, I think. Tinker Hell? Yeah. I mean, look, I think what it is... We were talking earlier about Peter... Uh, Peter, uh, fucking Steven Spielberg saying how he doesn't like working with star-studded cast. I think a mm-hmm. lot of it has to deal with egos, because you have a lot of different people with a lot of different egos and a lot of different statures and a lot of different levels in the industry all coming together. And yeah. it can be really, really difficult. And this is Steven Spielberg before Jurassic Park. And like, yeah, he made Jaws and stuff, but he, I think Peter, Steven Spielberg doesn't have to deal with that bullshit today. You know, he can no. have a star studded cast and he could go on and he like, if you don't want to be here, fuck out of here. But I think back yeah. in the day, still not up and coming but he didn't have the same power and i i mean having an actor on set kind of be a little difficult i mean i don't know about that this was like after et and like 
like E.T. got made into a ride over at Universal Studios. That's pretty big, right? Okay, fair, fair enough. That that's yeah. a good point. It it is still this is still Steven Spielberg. Yeah. That man yeah, has yeah. been big since yeah. Jaws came out. So yeah. But to hear rumors of like, oh yeah, Julia Roberts was really difficult on the set of Hulk. It's like that doesn't really surprise me. She's an actress. Yeah. Actors can sometimes have egos. And, and you, know, you already and have a guy. I think part of that is is like that creates like a really like juicy narrative. Yeah. Yes. But it might not be true. Yeah. And like I well, think well like, you I can think only like, speculate at that point. Yeah. And, and if you think about like everybody yeah. has only who, who worked with her only has nice things to say yeah. about her. And I think it might and maybe at the time that's like what was going on. Like that's a, like there's a lot of like unknown factors to this. I like, know that she she had gone through a very public uh, divorce mm-hmm. or separation with her partner. Yeah. Because they were cheating on her with somebody else, mm. and right after that, she's on hook. Oh, and she—I think she was only twenty-three at the Dang, time. Dang, yeah. So uh, like, she was young at the time. She must be going through like a lot of stuff. So like yeah. the the diva narrative is is like you know it's very popular. It's something that's yeah. like easy to believe, but like it doesn't mean that it was true. No, I think but if, it, yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. You can't that. Well, that's the thing. You can't take a, a side on. You can't take either side. You really just yeah. could be in the middle because. Is it believable? I could believe it, but it also but it also could be bullshit. Yeah, and I think we also forget like these people are like still human at the end of the day. You know, like we don't know what's going on in their mm-hmm. life, and they maybe like they maybe just having a hard time going on in their life, and like work is just really like that much harder for them because like you know how those sets are, you know, you know how intense that can be, yes. you know how long those hours can be, you know. So like like Hollywood tabloids like to play this shit up, but Hollywood tabloids are also very dehumanizing as well. You know, um, yeah, it, yep, it might it yeah. might have also Absolutely. been that her and Steven just weren't on the same page. Maybe Steven felt like he needed to be a little bit harder on her because he wasn't fine. He wasn't yeah. cool with her performance or maybe she was yeah. being difficult, but maybe she had her reasons of being difficult. Like, again, she yeah. went through a very messy a divorce or a separation that could I mean, that could always fuck someone up. Their oh, yeah, divorces are not yes. clean. So I could believe all of that. And I I don't know. It's a, it's I think her, her scenes in the movie are kind of pointless. Yes, I don't like them. There's it. It doesn't seem like she's in the same world as everybody else, which is you know because she's small, right? Uh, like there's a there's a scene where she makes a deal with Captain Hook, which I think is pretty good considering the, the limitations of special effects in 1991, where she makes a bargain and then she shakes his hook. But then there's that scene when the Lost Boys are like unconvinced that he's really Peter Pan. And then she's like, come on, give him a chance. I, f- I felt weird about that bargaining scene. And then it lingers on I it. felt very weird about that bargaining scene, to be honest. Like the motivation behind that was just, I don't know, it didn't feel solid enough, yeah. you know? like See, I think it would have been better if Tinkerbell was, wasn't, uh, if she had arranged for, cat, for Peter Pan's kids to be kidnapped. Because there's that thing where Smee takes out the papers and says, I got a sworn affidavit from T-Bell that this is Peter Pan. Why would he have that? You know, so, and it makes sense for her to, for her to, to do mm. that because she wants to bring Peter Pan yeah. back to Neverland yeah. and to keep him there. Oh, so it doesn't make I sense. Think that to, would have been better for a character. You're saying it doesn't make sense for her to bring him back to Neverland to rescue his kids and then leave yeah. you think it's like yeah. oh right. she would have yeah. kept him there because she has she has a crush on him yeah right and then it would make sense why captain hook wouldn't recognize peter pan yeah, yeah. I, I like austin's rewrites for this movie like he just took the kids 
it, it just just make the whole thing make yeah. sense. Yeah, you know like the I mean? way not just have like these little random things sprinkled in yeah. and then dropped immediately. Yeah, I, I like like yeah. the the pirate baseball is funny. Yeah, but it doesn't serve the movie. Like when I was watching it, I didn't remember that scene at all. Yeah, right. Like it seemed so much of this movie I don't remember. Yeah. rewatching it, it's because it's so incoherent. Yeah. I can't stop like get out of my mind like you're like you're ending from this movie Austin how she'd be like Peter like taking on the children you know like being a father figure to them you know and like showing them how like because that's the whole point of yeah, the movie yeah right? like, you, that's what we're supposed yeah, to learn what, but instead it turns into like Peter Pan like finding his his child self again which is like okay um, that's nice and all but like it's the problem in the beginning is not it's more like him being a better father you know but if you being a better father means finding your yes. childhood self yeah okay that's great but here you got like, all these other kids all these these other loose ends these characters that are, they themselves are unresolved like tinkerbell yeah she got her kiss but at the end does it really like lend itself to the movie not really does it, it doesn't lend no. itself to give a satisfying ending no i like and like you know peter pan when he said you know oh i got i was, I was scared, scared of dying but like in the end if you like let these kids grow up and show them, hey, growing up is not scary. Hey, yeah, sure, that's a big part of it. But at the same time, don't be scared about that. You know, like these these anxieties about growing up. And hell, even um, Hook, the, the every time I see the clocks go off and he's terrified of them, it makes me think of this one like idea that like for Hook, clocks mean like remind him of, reminds him of his own mortality. You yes. Know? Yeah, exactly. Like, that yeah. was in the original Peter Pan right? story. Yeah. Is that this crocodile took his hand, also ate a clock. Yeah. So Peter Pan was or not Peter Pan, Captain Hook was afraid of clocks. Yeah. And that's such a great idea, you know, to have like time represented in some kind of monstrous crocodile, yeah. but it's actually represents his mortality. Yeah. Like that's great. Yeah. I love stuff right? like that. Right. And like, I think it would have been better if like they showed like, hey, it's mortality is a normal part of life. And you know, it's okay. Being scared about it is okay. But like, you know, it's much mm -hmm. braver to like go carry on in spite of that, you know? And like a lot of yes. like Neverland is definitely very much a denial of like that mortality you know like it yeah is. you know and like it, i don't know like it's weird that like peter pan refines that denial <laughs> of that again you know um mm -hmm. it carries that back with him over to like the real world you know it's like i mean granted yeah. like the ending yeah oh what was what was that like the last quote the greatest adventure is living or living it would to live to live would be a great adventure yeah, which makes sense you know but like I, I I see Pat like Peter like refining that when he thinks his happy thought is like you know oh his son giving birth and him revisiting his own memories, and when Tinkerbell goes oh you have a lot of sad memories no wonder why you don't remember it, okay I'm sorry that just it's like a, that's like that's a green light for like hey it's okay for you to repress all your sad stuff that's what I'm kind of hearing in that you know yeah and it's like mm -hmm. not a healthy way to deal with that, but then again it then really again a lot of people in Hollywood are not they don't necessarily like. They're not necessarily hair. They're not very healthy. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of like very much push like these not very healthy ideas, you know, for the sake of movie. Well, the it's, movie. It's, just, it's, it's just I think the problem is just that they haven't they didn't actually go down and find out what the actual because they have the idea like, oh, well, Peter is supposed to become a better father and he's going to go back to Neverland and learn how to be a better, better father. And it's like. Well, okay, but there's a lot of different ideas at play, and a lot of things are happening, and I'm not really sure. I think the I think the best the best idea that the film has going for it is that you have this villain who's trying to befriend 
his his arch nemesis child and like that scene at when they're playing baseball right and he sees like oh like it's def it's like that makes sense that idea makes sense but then with tinkerbell and it just seems like in like the lost boys it just feels like it's extra fluff um the lost boys could have been really cool I think I think there should have been more Lost Boys. Yeah, I, I, well, I honest, think it, and less honest, Hook. I think Hook I think was the, the extra fluff. I think Hook was more the extra fluff. Absolutely. Yeah. Really? I, I mean, I thought his scene with him and the kid were pretty interesting because it's like here, here's what you would look like if you actually showed up to your kid's baseball game, and like this is how happy your kid uh, looks when he has someone who's there for him. I think the Lost Boys. I think the Lost Boys in this film doesn't work because it's about him discovering that youthfulness, which, okay. So the problem is when he's with the Lost Boys, he's trying to discover his youthfulness, trying to find the kid yeah, right. in him. Yeah. But the thing but the mm -hmm. thing is, he's not a kid. He's supposed to learn how to be a father, not how to be a kid. Exactly. And I think that's where exactly. the problem is. That's why I think the hook scenes work better for me than mm. the Lost Boys. Because with the Lost Boys, it's fun seeing Robin Williams <laughs> and Rufio have like a have a rap battle. Yeah, but it's but uh, it, a, it, a, an insult. Yeah, ha, yeah roasting, yeah, exactly. roast battle. Yeah, a roast battle. There you <laughs> yeah. go. It's yeah. a roast battle, but it, it it adds nothing. There's nothing to it, and then you add Tinker Bell on top of that, and it's just like, okay, wait, what the fuck is happening? It's just it, yeah. There's a lot of ideas at play. Find a youth, find the kid in you. Never let the kid go. But then you also have to be a a father for your kid, and it's like. You also got to fight off all these like ladies that are coming after you, dude. You know, and kiss every single one of them. Yeah, man. You know, give them all a little piece of Peter. You know, that's that's. I'm sorry, I'm just still not over with. <laughs> yeah, a little piece. Yeah, of Peter. give them all a piece of Peter. Jesus yeah. Christ. Give all the ladies a little Peter. Give give them. Oh God, I just feel so weird about that. It's just like, even as a 13 year old, you know, like like you kids, you you didn't outgrow. I mean, I get first love, you know, but people outgrow that. Wendy, did you not? well it's just it's yeah. not an idea yeah. for a kids movie it's not yeah. an idea that really should have been here at all oh, and yeah. and the thing is too it's funny because i think as a kid i even would have found it weird seeing this and i'm like man these women are acting weird <laughs> but the funny thing is is these women weren't written by actual women they were written by guys clearly and i clearly, think a lot yeah. of it is that yeah. manifestation of man yeah. i wish when i was young like that chick that I hooked up with always died loving me. She still wanted this. You know what I mean? But I'm still young. And I could tap that if I wanted yeah. to. But I'm going to hit on her grandkid. Because, you know. I like that, it young. That's, kind of, yeah. that's, a perverse, that's a perverse way of saying it. But, yeah. like but, He's like, man, yeah. I could get any kind of poontang I want. And that's, it's yeah. a weird. It's I, a I wanted weird, to say that, but I didn't want to be the person to say that. Thank you, George. No, but, it, but it's a weird idea to have in a movie. And it's just. It is yeah. it, again. Maybe it doesn't bother you, but when I was watching it, it definitely creeped up on me a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah it, it definitely did. yeah. Like at the at the time as a kid, that, I didn't understand it. I was like, adults are talking. I don't care. And then like when like yeah. funny stuff happened, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, Robin Williams is being funny. Oh, kids are doing fun stuff. Okay, but now that I'm, I, yeah, yeah, I don't remember any of the movie until he meets the Lost right? Boys when Rufio shows up. Oh gosh, like oh, apparently we haven't, like we haven't yeah we haven't spoken about Rufio. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah let's talk about Rufio. So, yeah. I fucking love so, Rufio. So like, I got some like uh, pre-production like notes about Rufio actually. So when uh, Dante Basco shares a story, where like uh, the only reason, the big reason why he got like the role 
it's like out of everybody else, like he asked Steven Spielberg, hey, I got the role. Like, why'd you choose me? Spielberg was like, oh, yeah, you're the only kid that scared the shit out of me. You like you, you terrified me. That that says so much about Steven Spielberg more than it does Dante Bosco, <laughs> right? I think. Like, you know, like, like what's scary about Dante Bosco? Yeah, you, wrote, you wrote a movie about a, like a man eating shark. This child scares you. <laughs> but no, I, think... I don't think he meant that that way. I think he said you're the. I think what he meant to say was, yeah, you scare me. But what I mean by that is, you're the only kid that actually seems like you won't take any bullshit from adults. Which is yeah. which is very much the Rufio vibe. Oh, Rufio yeah. straight up's like, we're gonna kill this lawyer. I don't give a fuck. And I think maybe now maybe we could look into it a little deeper. Yeah, we could look into it a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. But I think it might have just been like you scared me because I'm an adult. And when an adult is in a room full of kids, the kids have to listen to the adult. But you definitely seem like that kid. If I was a substitute teacher, you'd be the kid I'd be scared of. <laughs> Wait, what was that? And so that Peter Bennett calls him a uh, substitute chemistry teacher? He calls substitute him a chemistry substitute chemistry teacher. Chemistry teacher. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God, yeah. And, the, and then uh, uh, Thud is like, hit him back, Rufio. These insults, despite being like PG, they kind of hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're very... They're very I, graphic. They're, they're very PG. Yeah, they're very PG, but they're also very graphic and gross. And it's just like, yeah, that I don't know if that it's would wound me. It's very like '90s kids, yeah. you know, like the garbage yeah. pail kids, like yeah. the the green ketchup. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, oh god, yeah. yeah. Up until pe- the the slime from Nickelodeon. Yeah. Well, up until like Peter Bannock calls him. It's, a, it's, a, I feel yeah. all of that. Yeah, although like I did like until it calls him a what a nearsighted gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> when he calls him that, I was just like. <laughs> No, Jesus. <laughs> Robin, you just did that yourself. He just wanted to throw that out there, didn't you? Hey, no, man, you let the man good. do what he does. He right? is but I, funny. I love it. I loved it, and I love the fact they left that in there. Yeah, yeah. and gosh, like, did you see where uh, Dante Bosco was from? Um, no, he was from Pittsburgh, and then he moved over to like L.A. Mm. specifically Paramount. Oh, wait, wait, so wait, he wait, grew what? Up in the hood. Yeah. Wait, wait, ho- yeah, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is my man from Paramount? Yeah. Oh, wait, hold oh, I gotta. <laughs> in case, listeners, in case you don't know, uh, if you haven't listened to our origin stories episode, Jorge is actually from Paramount himself. Dante, okay, so I'm on his wiki. Dante Bosco is a Filipino-American born in Pittsburgh, California and raised in Cerritos and Paramount, California. Oh shit! Yeah, my man. I think he Dante Bosco gives the best performance he in this does. movie because he doesn't have a lot of lines, but I know what he's thinking without him saying anything. Okay. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, see, yes. I was gonna rebuttal that and say I think he doesn't have the best performance because he's not in the film and that. Enough. But what but what you said afterwards makes absolute sense. Yeah. You know like where he's at, what he's thinking, even when he doesn't say I, anything. I, yeah. And like there, there, he's jealous of Peter Pan's like stealing his lost boys from him, but I think part of him also wants to believe that he is Peter Pan, mm-hmm. and I think part of him also hates Peter Pan because he left yeah. them. Yes. And you get all of that in just like a few looks that he has. Like he looks yeah. hurt. Yeah, he looks you know? jealous. No one looks no one looks as hurt as Rufio does in this movie. Yeah, Rufio could have definitely played been a much bigger part. He could have played like his own separate movie because literally of all the things that you said, and he communicates this really well. I think the whole movie could be about 
a new up and coming Peter Pan. Ooh. But he's not the real Peter Pan. I think Dante Basco's actually He's a fake. I think Dante Basco's actually worked on a prequel for uh He has. It's already been oh. released. It is online. It is a 17 minute short film called Bangarang. Oh. How, have you seen it? How was it? I mean, it's it's a lot of references to the movie. You know, it's it feels like a student mm. film, but like mm-hmm. I enjoy it. It's it's oh, cool. That's good. I I definitely like oh god wanted to see more Rufio and like I should probably look into that as well. Yeah, I, re- I was reading some some stuff about him talking about becoming Rufio and like the things that agents mm-hmm. have said to him. Like he he told he said to uh, a, a director telling him probably in okay this is I'm quoting Dante right now. I remember a director telling me probably in my late twenties or early thirties, Dante man. If you were white or black, you would have had a totally different career. Whoa. Can you imagine being told that? And I think Dante is a huge inspiration for Asian American people in Absolutely. Hollywood. John Chu, the is it John Chu, the director of yeah. Crazy Rich Asians? He he met Dante and told him Ru- seeing Rufio made me made me feel like there was a place for me in Hollywood. <sighs> And I wish Dante Basco was well, in more stuff. This got really dark, really quickly. Yeah, I wish Dante Basco like was in more stuff. You know, like. Yeah. I mean, he does have his own like production company. He's been like doing doing stuff. He's been busy. He's yeah. been working. Like, if you go to his IMDb, most of the Lost Boys don't have like they kind of stopped acting around yeah. that same time, or they moved on to like stage work or anything. Dante has been in stuff since yeah. since then, and he's still yeah. doing well, stuff. He, yeah, he's been acting. I think what's just depressing, though, is that it's just seeing because I think a lot of people see the potential in in his acting abilities. And even someone saw it, someone in the industry, but they decided they were like, yeah, man, this this is the way things are. And because of that, you never you never really had a chance at being the next big Hollywood star. And that's depressing. But I, I think because of him being in Hook and being Rufio, it has inspired a lot more others to follow follow foot, yeah. his footsteps. No, absolutely. He's opened the door yeah. for a lot of people. Oh, and he's the one character that dies in this movie. Uh, of course. <sighs> to, to motivate the white character. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of... What like I thought... You. What I really thought was going to happen, it's like, oh, shit, he about, he's about to die. But because this is Neverland, the power of love is going to bring him back. But then while I was watching this, I remember Austin saying that there was something that really upset him in the film and that he would have changed. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, this dude's not coming back. Let's kill a ch- yeah. And it's you just kill a child. And they don't do anything with it. Like he dies. And then it's like, well, you're the new Peter Pan, thud. And it's like, can we at least like acknowledge Rufio or something just a little bit more? I know. Like that was can we get a burial can we do something about that like this is that should be like a a huge thing for these kids a heavy moment that they would have to go through i yeah yeah but instead they're like i believe in you peter i believe in you peter cut to julia roberts i believe in you rufio's in the background rufio rufio Rufio. (laughs) just so shining his name he just just cut to his lifeless corpse God. god that was and i feel like if Rufio had died and like somehow that would have like, like let the lost boys know like, Oh man, it's not being a kid. Isn't all fun and games still. Like, yeah. 
like regardless of wherever we are we are always in danger and stuff so maybe the lost boys like man you know uh, we don't want to end up like rufio so we'll go to the real world <laughs> or something but it's mm-hmm. it's literally just there so robin williams could get pissed off and fight hook yeah which i was like did we yeah. really need oh it's it's so fucking jack Benny can take off his hook his hook uh attire his hook wig yeah <laughs> it was i was like bull and, and even i was thinking like oh because they killed rufio like Peter Banning's gonna be like, nah, man. You killed, like, you killed Rufio. You didn't have to do him that way. Yeah. Fuck you. And would have like actually killed him and stuff. But no, we, we have to work around that by saying, oh no, technically Peter Banning didn't kill him. The crocodile killed him again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, dude. I remember seeing that as a kid and being unconvinced that Hook was dead. I was like, Pan, you better fucking gut that that fucking crocodile. And make yeah. sure he's dead. Like, you know? well, his body isn't there. The, his body isn't there. Right. So, so, so you, he probably just hiding in the crocodile right now. You, you could have think, oh, he maybe, maybe escaped. You know, maybe, what, what, maybe he escaped at the last second or something. Was this crocodile or... supposed to be alive, by the way? No, the crocodile yeah, was and like, dead and, it, and skinned and, it ate him and or something like that. Because it's, it's so it's, stupid. It was one of those moments where my suspension of disbelief was like a little bit was being tested truly at that moment. You know, I mean, there's a lot of that in this movie, but like, yeah. Because the way it falls, like, if if it fell there, it wouldn't hurt yeah, Hook maybe in like any way. Hit him, hit him in the head. You know, because the mouth is, the way the mouth yeah. is open, and the way the mouth would hit the ground first. So if he was standing there, he'd be yeah. fine. But you don't see his body. So I'm like, dude, he ran away. Look for him. Yeah. I remember feeling that as a kid. Like, they, they need to look for Hook. They need to look for his body. <laughs> yeah, I, I call bullshit on that whole, on that whole scene. I'm like, ah. <sighs> You guys are you guys are trying to tiptoe around the fact that there's a kids movie and you and you got to find a way to deal with Hook. You don't want to let him off the hook, pun intended. <laughs> but you also don't want to you also like want to kill him. What do you do? And it's like, well, wouldn't that be funny if our crocodile fell on him symbolically meaning that the crocodile ate him? <laughs> it's like, fuck you. Fuck out of here. Sounds like uh, you're starting to hate this movie a little bullshit. bit more, George. No, it, I, I, no, no, I still have generally positive vibes yeah, for it. Yeah. But there is some, but there is some bullshit yeah. in this movie that is really dumb. Yeah. Some of the themes, just, just the women in general. Yeah. Like, and, and then this whole the resolution with Rufio and Hook, uh, and the Lost Boys. It's just, yeah, yeah and the Lost Boys. Yeah. But again, but look. It is sentimental. It is about a family coming together. There are some cool fight scenes. The production design is awesome. That final fight, like scene fight scene is dope as fuck. The, the fight. I don't like the final yeah, fight. I mean, scene. like Man, Austin. God damn it, man. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you, it's like it because the the whole movie they're like we in the beginning they're like we kill pirates. How how are you gonna kill pirates by throwing eggs at them? True. Okay. You know, that's a good yes, point. That is absolutely true. Yeah, they 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 fell on marbles and now they're not gonna get up and fight you. Yeah, like, yeah. What are you 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 threw like weird shit in their eyes, and that now they're giving well, up. And they have the uh, where did they, they go? Have the chicken gun, right? Yeah, they have the chicken gun. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, like, like they're gonna like they're gonna make these claims, gonna back off of it, but the one thing they'll follow through with is a child's death on screen. Okay. Mr. Spielberg. Yep, yep. That's the one character. Well, I guess Rufio does kill some pirates. Yeah, like he he guts one of them when he's in his like 
combat yeah. gear. But that no, but it yeah. but even those deaths are like negligible, you know. But like Rufio is very much like he is dead. Absolutely he dead. Is absolutely yeah. like he is not coming back. And it is very strange that he is the only one. Yeah. And it's the first time you see Hook do something bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, he kidnaps the kids off screen, yeah, but yeah. it's the first time you see Hook do something that makes him yeah. a bad guy. It's it. it's a weird movie. Yeah. It's that's the that's the if, if it's a weird for our movie, listeners, yeah. this is a very strange movie. And you don't have to watch it. It's gonna be boring for the first fifty really minutes is. of a two hour and twenty one like, minute why movie. Why is it that long? <laughs> absolutely does not need to be 20 he doesn't need to have no, two kids you're right maggie doesn't need to be there like she she doesn't need to be there at all because like she's just if you were to like move her from the movie completely you still have a very cohesive movie nothing, nothing would, change, would change right i can appreciate certain there, things but definitely missteps in this you know, one it, definitely yeah. missteps Fine. yeah like all in all i think like this movie like it's it's it definitely could have been better it definitely could have been fixed in post and like it, it does like break some like screenwriting rules, the screenwriting sensibilities. That I feel weird about, but I also feel like this also Spielberg. Like, I feel like each and every single movie he puts out there is very much his own version of like therapy. You know what I mean? What I mean? Like manif- yeah. manifesting whatever the hell is going on in his head, putting it out on screen, and be like, okay, what's the next issue I have to deal with? Well, what's the next movie I'm working on? Okay, Lincoln's going to be about what I'm going through well, right that- now. And it's like what? That's the same. That's the same. That's the same thing with Martin Scorsese. And honestly, I'm totally fine with that because because uh, at least with that, you get a film that's pointed. That, that it feels like there's real. There's something real behind it, right? Um, whereas I I prefer that over a film that has no soul. That it was just a story that someone thought was cool. They have no real relation to it, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Fuck it, I'll just make this." To yeah. me, that's that's not interesting. Whereas Spielberg trying to work around his daddy issues and his son issues and hook. Well, it may not be fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's still more interesting in my opinion. Yeah. I think it's cool to watch. Um, it's worth two and a half hours, you know, of your yeah, life. It's a, it's a really, it's a interesting trip down memory yeah. lane because it just hits like all the nineties kids mm-hmm. stuff with the gross food, the food yeah. fight, this, this the random skateboarding. <laughs> In the movie and the basketball right? hoop, yes, the, the, the basketball hoop is like all right. Nineties. Can, can 90s, we also 90s. point out that there's that one lost boy who's dressed up in the suit, like he's like a Talking Heads extra or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, you know what I'm talking about? I, I was ready. All right. Uh, yeah, it, it the was... the guy who's like a New Yorker, New Jersey. Kind I was, of, yes, I was thinking kid. Italian. Like, hey, forget yeah. about yeah. it. What's, the, what's up, Tony? Yeah, like it's like why is he wearing a suit? Who's he trying to be? I don't know. I like it. I like what you got going on there, kid. You know, his whole his whole fucking um, what was it um, his hair slicked back too. Don't ask. Don't is ask. This that's name? right. <laughs> yeah. Don't Him, ask about it. Uh, I was gonna say. Let's get let's get to the quotes. Let's get to the quotes. All right. So we're this is the part of the show where we come up with quotes from the movie that summarize how we feel about the movie. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm assuming we all have our yes, quotes sir. ready. Yep. I I'd like to go. Um, you want to yeah, go, first? go first? All right. Or, uh, it's it it doesn't really reflect how I feel about the movie. I just thought it was really funny, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's really it's taken out of context. It's kind of inappropriate, but I thought it was when I heard it, I laughed, 
and I'm laughing I now. I swear to God, so if you say nearsightogonecologist, I swear to God. No, 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 no. Uh, it's uh, Peter Pan says to Hook, I remember you being to a ten-year-old. I'm huge. God, mother, you, I, fuck you. <laughs> yes, it is. But I'm gonna re-say it, okay? Peter okay. Pan says to Hook, I remember you being a lot bigger. Hook says to a ten-year-old, I'm huge. Gross. <laughs> Which is very uh, problematic, yes, I think, that, that... considering that Dustin Hoffman has been accused by a 17-year-old intern of, of being inappropriate, too. <laughs> oh, shit. That really? Really? Yeah. Have you not been keeping up with what's I thought, happening with well, Dustin I Hoffman? I thought he got me too, but, but like yeah. older women. like Older women, yeah. Kramer versus Kramer. I think Meryl Streep said that he, he, he was like, groped her. Well, he was like, he, he berated her saying, like, uh, this isn't about that feminist bullshit. I think he said stuff like that. Yeah, he's he's. It doesn't appear as if he's a fan of women. He he definitely seems like an asshole. But I thought I fucking laughed at that line. Even when I saw it in the movie, I'm like, boy, that 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 line alone has not aged well at That's all. A, no, not a lot of not at all. Not aged well in that movie at all. Mm-hmm. All right, Henry, I, do you, you have the quote? I had a quote, and then, like, as we go on along the podcast, I might have to change it. Because, uh, like, my original quote was, like, just hold that happy thought, Peter. You know, that's that part where Peter, like, realizes, oh, <laughs> you know, he remembers his son being born, you know? And, like, because this movie was very much a nostalgia trip for me as well, you know? But as we dissected more and more of this movie, yes, I realized, you know, no, here's a better quote. You're, you're a complex Freudian hallucination having something to do with my mother, and I don't know why you have wings, but you have very lovely legs, and you're a very nice, tiny person. And what am I saying? I don't know who my mother was. I'm an orphan. I've never taken drugs because I missed the 60s. I was an accountant. I feel like that's, I feel like that's a lot more succinct because there's a lot of crazy shit that's happening here. There's definitely some Freudian stuff going on, and there's a lot to dissect and, and like just like unpack from this movie. <laughs> so um, I'm, that, I think that's my quote. It's a good one. Okay. Yeah. All right, my my quote is when Hook inspects Peter Pan. He looks at his his birthmark, the or not the birthmark, but the scar that he gave from the Tiger oh, yeah. Lily incident, who's also missing from this movie, which might be for the better, <laughs> uh, considering the 2015 Tiger Lily was played by Rooney mm-hmm. Mara. That's right. Yes. Do you, you remember? Yeah, do you remember, remember Tiger that. Lily? Tiger Lily's supposed to be an, an Indian, like a Native mm-hmm. American. And they had Rooney Mara player in 2015. <laughs> but anyway, he's he's inspecting um, Peter, and he's he says, "Is it you, my great and worthy opponent? I see before me. It can't be, not this pitiful, spineless, pasty, bloated codfish." That's my Shit. quote. That's yeah. how I feel about the movie. Yeah, I was gonna say actually that <laughs> that quote really, really make sense with how you feel about the yeah. movie yeah because i do i remembered so fondly this movie you know i remember i i don't know what i know that this uh person who wrote about it recently he also showed his kids the movie when he watched it back for the first time and he kind of felt the same way i did specifically about captain hook but his kids seem to like it because i think sometimes as kids we don't have a lot of uh we 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 like what we get yeah you know what I mean? Def- yeah, of course. Because because there's no palette there. There's nothing. Yeah. You, as kids, you just you know you either like something or you don't, and why you like it, you don't understand. You just well, it's cool. There's nothing to compare yeah. it to. But as grown people, 
our we've been watching way more movies, keeping up with everything, and we realize what we like and don't like. So, yeah, it's and it's but everything like everything with Rufio is fucking bangerang. That's <laughs> yeah, it's all bangerang. Bangerang. As juggling between bangerang and and that one, because I do I, his entrance and oh my god, he's great. God yes, Rufio is. And I'm glad that he's 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 still working yeah. and he's still inspiring I'm people. I'm glad that he's in. Like, no, for real. I'm, I'm glad he's in like a franchise that took off and like you know, probably giving him that good royalty mm-hmm. royalty money, man. You know, like yeah, and people still recognize yeah, him as Rufio. You know. They'll they'll see him in at malls and stuff, and they'd be like, Rufy, oh, oh, bang a ring. I'm glad that his voice has not like changed that much since then. You know, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was gonna like, say most... he sounded at least. Because I know Avatar came out in the early 2000s, so it was like maybe 10 years. But like he sounded the exact same, and he sounds the same today. That's yeah. rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. Like it is. <laughs> it is. He is definitely got that quality sound uh, voice. Yeah. So good on him, man. For reals. And I, I am upset that he never had the big, a bigger career. But you know what? He definitely shined. He shined in a lot of projects, and he's been in some stuff that a lot of people are familiar with so it's like you won bro yeah he he won he he's made it in hollywood and in, in like i don't know in a way that i definitely have grown to love this is the part where we say goodbye thank you for for have for uh watching hook and coming on to the show and doing all that yeah, research for us much for, appreciated for real, man, appreciate yeah, it no thanks for taking the time to to talk to us about it to educate us about the film a little bit to share why it meant so much to you and and, and for listening to the show, man, uh, we we really appreciate it. And, you know, it's people like you who are like, hey, I want to come on and talk about this movie that, you know, films are are a social thing. Mm-hmm. And I love talking about it with different people and talking about their films. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you. All right. You guys uh, have a have a good night. And uh, thank you all you listeners for uh, listening to us ramble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where can people find you? Oh, you Henry? guys can find me like on Twitter, Instagram. And probably like on PlayStation Network as well uh, at Pootie Chang, mm. uh, P O O T I E C H A N G, named after the uh, the Chris Rock movie, not for that other guy. Y- y- you guys will know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck the other guy. But yeah, you know, for the for the Chris Rock movie. Yeah. Um, you can uh, follow us on at retrograde underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. We are retrograde podcast. Three words. On Facebook and probably on TikTok soon. Yep, just putting that out there. We, what's our next movie, Austin? I don't think we've talked. I don't think we've talked about. That. We haven't talked about it, but we are doing Space Jam pretty soon uh, around the time when the the sequel comes out. So Space Jam um, will be in our future. You're going to be watching the Spanish version, I'm assuming. Am I? I think so. I think. Uh, so we're going to flip it. I'm going to watch the Spanish uh, version. You're going to watch it in English. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, because the I've, only way George has ever seen Space Jam is in ¿Qué? Spanish. Por qué? Yep. <laughs> we we because he grew up in a Spanish-speaking uh, household. And when my parents bought the VHS, they always bought this VHS in Spanish. Space Jam uh, en español. Yeah. And it, I, I've never been every the few clips that I've seen of Space Jam with Michael Jordan speaking, he sounds awful. <laughs> He sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm like I, I don't know if I've said this on the pod before, but Michael Jackson <laughs> or, sorry. Michael, Michael Jordan 
can only play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There was a beef stint. He's amazing. Yeah, there was that brief stint when he tried to do b- baseball. He's very good at and it. I like how they go into that in the movies. How's in the movie? They, they, he's just like, yeah, he's yeah. Baseball. Let's let's just leave him basketball. Yeah, and the thing about the thing of what I've learned about Spanish voice actors is that they bring it their all, and it's fantastic. I one of the joke, one of the uh, reoccurring jokes that Austin and I have is, I've never seen Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. He has, mm-hmm. but there is like a clip where I think Jake. Jake's the dog, right? Yeah. Yes. Where he he's sick, and his friend comes over, and he's like, hey, Jake, are you sick? And, uh, you know, that's – I've never seen the show, so I don't really care. But <laughs> but I saw a Spanish dub of it, and it is the funniest thing I've uh, – <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Jake just sounds – whoever's voice, voicing him is incredible. He's like, oh, Jake, ¿qué te pasa? ¿Por qué estás así? Estoy malito. <laughs> oh my! Quiero mi sopita. Quiero mi sopita. No, porque no ves. Oh, it's the. I I have to plug. I I have to insert a little part of it at the end of this because it is amazing. And... Claro que te la traigo. ¿Dónde está? Aquí, ¿no ves? ¿Por qué no la tomas tú? ¡Estoy malito! ¡Pobre de ti! ¡Me da calor! ¡Qué horror, Jake! ¿Hay algo que pueda hacer para que te sientas mejor? ¡Quiero mi sopita! And I've been realizing that, you know what? Spanish dubs are some of the best dubs. Absolutely. That's just my hot take, but... They're incredible. But... Thank right. you guys for listening to this episode of Retrograde. We will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.